Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Hello, this is Zack Sabre Jr., New Japan Cup winner 2018. And you're listening to Keeping It Strong Style with my mates. Enjoy. Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Barrio the Frost. From Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is the network where we can get it done. I'm a chiller. And let them have it Cause this is just an intro Keeping the strong style Six stars from the get-go, boy Yeah, from Tampa Bay to the Tokyo Dome This is Keeping It Strong Style With your hosts, Jeremy Donovan And the young boy, Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style The ace of podcasts On the Social Suplex Podcast Network Jeremy Donovan here Joined by the young boy, Josh Smith on today's show, we'll be previewing the 47th anniversary show and the New Japan Cup, as well as covering all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show by subscribing to the Social Suplex Podcast Network on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the podcasts and columns at socialsuplex.com. Go to socialsuplex.com slash subscribe to sign up to get all the podcasts and columns delivered directly to your email inbox. This episode of Keeping It Strong Style is brought to you by Powerslam.tv. Powerslam TV is an independent streaming service with over 4,000 hours of wrestling from companies across the world. Use the promo code SOCIALSUPLEX to get your first month free. Also, check out our t-shirts at ProWrestlingTees.com slash SOCIALSUPLEX. We have our official Keeping It Strong Style t-shirt on there. So go ahead and support the show by grabbing a shirt from our Pro Wrestling Tees. That's ProWrestlingTees.com slash Social Suplex. Now before we jump into the New Japan business, we got to talk some Social Suplex business in general. I got to uh, say, damn, Jeremy. Back at it again with the hot intro. <laughs> uh, try, man. Try, man. Uh but you know the there was on if you follow at social suplex on Twitter and why wouldn't you? Yeah, follow it. Um, there was a tease about a major announcement, uh, and then that major announcement broke today on the social suplex Twitter. We got a corporate sponsor. <laughs> we are selling out. We're buying, keeping it strong style. This is our last episode. Uh, not not quite that. Oh really? I thought that's what. <laughs> I was about to quit my job and everything. I was about to say, "Screw you guys!" Yeah, get that, get that uh, two weeks notice back. <laughs> getting this con money, getting that show money. Maybe one day, but not quite. But uh, 
So like like was mentioned on the social suplex Twitter this afternoon, suplex mania. Yeah. So yeah, so Suplex Mania, we're going to be hosting our very first event. This is going to be a live podcast event plus WrestleMania watch party at the original Hooters across from Madison Square Garden. In, in the heart of downtown New York, Manhattan. Yes. Right across the street from Madison Square Garden. We're talking... In the heart of NYC, baby. The yeah. Big Apple. Yeah, Social Suplex is going big in New York, April 7th. Keeping it strong style takes NYC. Yes, Young Boy will be there. I will be there. Rich Latta and James Boyd from One Nation Radio will be there. We're working on finalizing the rest of our team. We also might have some special guests from other networks. And hey, we know a lot of wrestlers, so maybe some wrestlers might be there too. But one thing we can guarantee, there will be wrestling talk there will be wrestling. There will be drink specials. Some There buck. are going to be, like, freaking dank drink specials. Like, you guys don't even know. We're going to hook you guys up. I know that a bunch of you who are listening are going to be in, in Mania or, like, in New York City for Mania Weekend. And I know a bunch of you don't want to sit a million miles away from the ring in MetLife Stadium just to see, just to basically get served a product that's going to underwhelm you and under-deliver and watch Brock Lesnar retain the title again. <laughs> so instead, for those of you who don't have Mania tickets and are looking for a place to watch it, the Hooters in downtown New York, the original Hooters across the street from uh, from Madison Square Garden, that's where you want to be. We're going to be having trivia. We're going to be having giveaways. We're going to be having drink specials. There's going to be Mad Honeys. There's going <laughs> to be live audio talk. It's going to be freaking awesome. And hey, even if you are going to WrestleMania, this event is going to start earlier so you can still come and enjoy all the things that we're doing yeah so definitely check it out tell all your friends about it you know if you're in the new york area you gotta come to this event and you know this is probably going to be one of the most ambitious and biggest things that we have done so far under the social suplex umbrella i stay doing big things (laughs) Uh, you know I'm, i'm very excited about this man i'm very passionate about broadcasting and pro wrestling and you know, I'm just I love seeing the growth of Social Suplex, and and this is this is awesome. This is what I'm dreaming about us like doing events and doing stuff like this. And this is gonna be like inclusive. Anybody who else is out there, if you're a podcaster, if you're a blogger, if you're a writer, if you are a match raider on Cage Match or the Grapple app, if you just love Japanese wrestling or wrestling in general. This is the place for you to be. We want you to be there. We want you to come watch WrestleMania with us. We want you to get these wings, get these drinks, get these hands. (laughs) We want you there. Yeah, dude. Yeah, be there. I mean, more information will be coming out of of other special guests. Like I mentioned, that might be there uh, throughout the week. So make sure you follow at Social Suplex for all the updates on Suplex Mania and where you can find us during New York weekend. We're getting in on Wednesday we're going to be going to all the big shows, WrestleCon Super Show, Takeover. You know what we should do? We should, um, we should do like a live blog of some sorts to let people know where we're going to be and when we're going to be there. That way they can interact with us and like, you know, kind of build this thing and kind of like help grow it and let people know. This is just something I'm spitting up off, yeah, off rip on the Yeah, let's do air. it. You know, we got our awesome social suplex shirts at Pro Tees. We'll be rocking them all weekend. Hopefully some of you will be rocking them all during the weekend. 
So yeah, if you see us at shows, please come up, say hi to us, talk to us. We love interacting with uh, the people who listen to our shows and just other wrestling fans in general. So come talk to us. Come watch WrestleMania with us um, at the original Hooters across from Madison Square Garden for Suplex Mania. And from five to seven is going to be the live talk portion of what we're doing. We're going to be. We haven't even figured out the format yet. But if you're a listener of this podcast and you want to be involved with that, there's time for you to be there. Be involved, listen, and still make it in time for WrestleMania even after the fact. So come out there, be there, be part of it. Or better yet, just stay and hang out and watch you know, the show of shows with us uh, late into the midnight hours. Because that's going to be like a six-hour show. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, and with the, the rumors, the almost official rumors of WrestleMania in 2020 being right here in our home city of Tampa Bay... If, Tampa Bay to the Tokyo Dome. If Suplex Mania 1 is a success, you can guarantee there will be Suplex Mania 2 right here in beautiful Tampa, Florida. We have another original Hooters here. Maybe we'll partner with them again. We have connected to Orpheum. Maybe we'll do something there. You never know. But, no, we, we want this thing to be a success so we can bring it right here to Tampa next year. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So we are super excited for that. We hope you guys are excited for that. More news to follow. We might even be having some uh, social media blasts and contests. There might be a way for you guys to win some prizes from us to help us spread the word about this. But do us a favor and just spread this thing as much as you can. If you guys see you know, our posts about this online, just do us a favor and spread it. I saw Voice of Wrestling spread it earlier yeah, today. Yeah, shout out to uh, Rich Crace from Voice of Wrestling. Gave a little retweet and gave us a little taste. Uh, congratulated us on the the big news. So we yeah, want those guys out there. Yeah, I invited Joe and Rich if they're free to come on down to the original Hooters. I want I want the uh, the Procast boys. Yeah, hey, J- uh, Joe and Damon, whatever you guys are doing, man, come they're on. Gonna, they're gonna be there. Somebody, yeah, I know. somebody, I know somebody here is listening to this and listens to their podcast and has connects to them. Shout us out because maybe we could do a crossover thing. Who knows? Or maybe yeah. we could just hang out and have a drink. Maybe they got a strong zero for us. I don't know, but yeah, we we uh, we definitely need to hang out and do something. Yeah, WrestleMania weekend. And guys, hit up the original Hooters on social media. Let them know that you are excited about Suplex Mania. Oh, yeah, that would be awesome. Anybody that can say something to them about this, that would like make this a lot more legit because we're finessing out here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we have to Jeff give a, Jarrett level. We have to give a shout out to. Our good friend, the Doc Chad Matthews from LordsOfPain.net. If it wasn't for the Doc, we would not have the connects to pull off Suplex Mania. So, by the way, congratulations to the Doc making his return to the airwaves. With the Doc says, you can catch that every single week on Lords of Pain Radio. And uh, I, I, I was like surprised and excited to hear you know that he's back. And uh, I'm, I'm liking what I'm hearing so far. So. Yeah, every Sunday on the Lords of Pain Radio Network. So yeah, thanks Doc for giving us the connects and get us a, get us set up for this Suplex Mania event. Yeah, because they hit us up and we said, "Let me in there." <laughs> so yeah, so we're And then they were like, "Are you guys LOP?" and we're like, "We're different." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the same, kind of the same but different. Yeah. So yeah, man, really looking forward to Suplex Mania. Uh, now into a little bit of keeping it strong style business. Oh God! Um, I don't want to talk about Suplex Man. I'm done. <laughs> uh, you know we had our New Japan Cup contest that dropped uh, last week, and you know I damn fe- you, Finley! <laughs> I felt so good. We were the first <laughs> ones to get our contest out there. People were. 
blowing up my inbox with their, with their brackets, yeah. sharing, all this talk about, you know, who's going to win all this stuff. And then freaking David Finley uh, separated his shoulder during the Honor Rising tour. And uh, was, but, but in all seriousness, get better. Yeah, get, yeah, get better, <laughs> Finley. Um, he was pulled out of the New Japan Cup. Yeah. And then everybody was blowing up my email, blowing up my Reddit, blowing up my Twitter. What are we going to do? What are we doing about the, the bracket submissions now that Finley's out? And we had news broke today that uh, Taguchi is the one replacing uh, David Finley. You know, we got tons of questions, especially from Reddit user. Why did you do that, bro? What are you guys going to do with the New Japan Cup bracket submission now that David Finley is out? And here's what we're going to do, guys. Well, why did you do that, bro? We'll tell you more. <laughs> if you want to make a change to your bracket, just email me again, jeremy at socialsuplex.com, uh, saying that you want to change your winner. I haven't looked through all the brackets yet. And there's a lot this year. But I'm assuming most people pick David Finley to go over Tenzon. Really? Yeah. From what I've, the few that I've seen so far, most people have, have Finley going over Tenzon. So if you have Finley going over Tenzon going into the second round and you want to change that to Tenzon beating Taguchi, let me know. I'll, also be, I'll be trying to reach out to some of you guys as, as well. But let me know if you want Tenzon going over uh, going over Taguchi in the first round. But We can send out like a mass email to everybody, right? Just like one blanket mass email like hey you had finley or you had finley you want to keep it or not nah? i think i could do that yeah we could yeah, do that yeah but uh, yeah or if you already know that you have finley and you're, you're listening to this you know save us some time just shoot me an email to say hey i'm switching out i'm switching uh tenzon over to gucci but yeah so that's what we're doing with the contest but you know you know what guys honestly i don't think that this is a big bracket buster I don't think you'd be surprised. There's been some really close brackets a few years in a row where, like, one match could make all the difference. So we probably do want to make sure yeah. it, it probably won't change the, the the final outcome, but it might change like that one to two points that could differentiate a winning bracket from a losing bracket. Yeah, and as far I'm glad you mentioned as far as tiebreakers, this is what we're doing. We're going by the timestamp of the email given to me. So if oh so if there let's say there are three people who have the exact same brackets and they're tied and it comes down and they have the same bracket and they're equal, whoever emailed me first will be declared the winner. Luckily, I think we've only had one tie ever, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Where we ended up doing two, two awards. Yeah, I wasn't that. I think it was best super, super juniors. juniors. Yeah. Yeah, we ended up doing two. But that one was weird because they actually had different brackets, but they just ended up with the same amount of points. Yeah. So that was interesting. But uh, I have a feeling it's going to be a little more, a little more uh, broken up this year. I don't. I don't think it's. I mean, last year we had a wide variety, and we and it was a smaller tournament. So, you know, the the more people you involve, the bigger the bracket, the less likely that um, there's going to be duplicates. So. Yeah, so yeah, definitely looking forward. Thank you guys for everybody who's entered everybody who is in entered. the contest. And a special thank you for you guys that uh, pay attention to the instructions. Yes. And emailed me your screenshot or PDF of your bracket. Those of you who have done it wrong, you are not in the contest. You are not winning a Keeping a Strong Style shirt, and you are dead to us. <laughs> 
but yeah, so that that's what we're doing with the the Finley situation in the New Japan Cup. Do you think at the end of the year when we talk about like controversy of the year, like the Finley situation will be one? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so before we dive into New Japan, more New Japan Cup talk, we gotta talk about the. 47th anniversary event happening Wednesday, March 6th, airing live on New Japan World. We're going to go through the card top to bottom, uh, give you our thoughts and our predictions uh, for this show. And this, is, this is a pretty uh, decent card, and you know this could potentially be a show of the year candidate when it's all said and done. Yeah, it, it's exciting. I always like the anniversary event. Um, I really enjoyed last year's anniversary event. And I think a lot of that just has to do with the fact that you see a lot of kind of like matchups and sort of like directions that, you know, we're caught in that odd space right between, you know, the Honor Rising shows going into the New Japan Cup. So it's kind of like this inhabits its own little New Japan nucleus, its own little universe. And so we kind of see a lot of fresh matchups that we haven't seen in a long time and a lot of strange and interesting things plus it has a very like kind of old school feel to it because it is like a celebration and of the anniversary of you know new japan pro wrestling launching and um i always really enjoy this show a lot and i'm looking forward to this one as well no different than any other year yeah anniversary show is always good you know last year we had that main event of will osprey versus kasuchika okada which was a you know very fun match what we need to do is we need to do a live uh what, what would you call it? Like a viewing party? Mm-hmm. We need to do like a live viewing party of the original main event of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, Inoki versus Carl Gotch. Live stream it. Let everyone come in. Join it. We'll educate these people. <laughs> Let's do it, man. But all right. So the, uh, the first matchup of the night here, we have a 10-man tag. We have a Young Lions, Ren Narita, Shota Umino, and Ayato Yoshida teaming up with Toru Yano and Togi Makabe to take on the Bullet Club team of Hikaleo, Chase Owens, Tangaloa Tamatanga, and Bad Luck Fale. The all Tongan team. Yeah. I see five Tongans right there, I man. see five Tongans. So what are you thinking about this one, man? Um, I'm looking forward to this. You know, um, we've been, you know, Ren Narita and Shota Amino are coming off of very impressive uh, showings at the Honor Rising tour. And, you know, we keep getting the feeling like they're, you know, excursion bound any day now. So it's kind of like seeing them wrestle every every single, you know, show is kind of like a last little treat before they, they might eventually leave, including Yoshida as well. Yeah. So it, it is exciting. Um, to see them team up with the you know the most violent players um, and seeing them go up against um, the OG Bull Club. I think the interesting thing here, though, is the prospect of seeing the MVPs taking on G.O.D. once again, especially since G.O.D. was are the newly crowned champions. Yeah, if, if they were to get a pinfall over Tangaloa or Tamatonga, you would think that they would be in line for a IWGP tag title shot. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that that necessarily happens, but I think that there's, even if they don't end up pinning them, there's a way that they could look impressive throughout the match or, or even uh, run a heated angle after the match to kind of set up a program between the two teams. Yeah. Um, I'm believing it's more than likely that, I I would say maybe even Chase Owens or Hikaleo pick up a win over one of these young Lions, but... um. 
I think that the story of the match is going to be Yano and Makabe and Tangaloa and Tamatanga. Yeah, definitely. That's going to you think you hit the nail on the head. That's going to be the main, probably the main story arc of the match. But like you, I agree. It's either going to be Hikaleo, Chase, or Bad Luck Fale. All three of those guys are in the New Japan Cup. I think one of those guys will be getting the win here over. Oh, that's another good. That's another little wrinkle. I didn't think of that. Yeah, they're going to be getting the. I think they'll be getting the win over Narita. Umino Yoshida here in this I, match. I love that. I love when we're going into tournament season and all these matches have little, you know, implications to the upcoming tournament. So it's kind of like a precursor and like, you know, kind of build upon that as you go into the tournament. So that's that's always something that's really cool. I also think Shoto Umino is going to have one freaking fiery, you know, um, hope spot sequence at the end. Yeah. Maybe I could see him and Chase Owens doing something really, really cool at the very, very end. And then. Who knows, maybe he eats a gun stun, and then that's all she wrote. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. So it looks like we're both going with the Bullet Club team here. Yeah, yeah, I got to go I gotta go with the Tongans. Uh, we had a question here from Reddit user EvilSJ. He says, what do you guys think of the current batch of Young Lions? Are they building up Shota Umino to be the future ace of New Japan? Yeah, I mean, I think we say this almost every week on the show how much we enjoy the young lion crop that's here how how the guys are progressing you know significantly and you know impressing us you know match after match show after show and it would seem very apparent that Shoto Umino is going to have a prominent future role within New Japan Pro Wrestling yeah definitely I mean the way that they've pushed him and positioned him as kind of the ace of this current crop of young lions they definitely have Big things in store for Umino. Overall, I really do enjoy this crop of young lions. I think we, we say it every week. Uh, Ren Narita, um, he, I think, is kind of maybe one of the more underrated guys that does not get a lot of attention. I think he's the full package. Yeah. You know, on the Bret Hart scale. The, oh, the Bret Hart wrestler scale. The Bret Hart wrestler scale. He, he's a 40. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's it's ten, 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 right? Yeah, it's out of thirty. Yeah. Oh, it's out of thirty. Yeah. My bad. He's a thirty. Because of what? It's look, um, look, work, in ring, in ring, and yeah. um, mic. Yeah, mic work. There's not, there's not, and then intangible. Ren Narita is like an eleven on that scale, <laughs> so he's like a forty-one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Narita so is once in a lifetime, once in a generation athlete. It's amazing. Yeah, Narita's awesome, and we sing his praises every week on this show. Actually, I don't know if he can talk at all, and yeah. look-wise, I don't know, but in, in ring, he's really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just think, look at his work um, a couple weeks ago at Honor Rising. I mean, this guy is so good. But I, I think the real question here is, you know, a lot of people are seeing the kind of push that they're giving Shota Umino, the kind of uh, spotlight that they're putting on him, these big singles matches that they're giving him. And, you know, nobody's eating him alive. Like, literally, nobody is doing that to him. Even, um, you know, as much as they pushed Kawato on his way out, I mean, he had tough times with even, like, other, you know, young lines like Kitamura and mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, Shoto Amino, like, always gets his stuff in, and he's getting matched with really memorable type of talent. Yeah. Um, and from all the reports that we hear... The New Japan, you know, office is extremely high on him. Plus, he has the family tie-in with being the son of Red Shoes Uno. Um, I don't know if he'll be the ace, but he's putting on enough weight now 
to where he's starting to look legitimately like he'll be a heavyweight when he comes in. When in the past, I thought he'd probably be a junior, but it doesn't look like he will be. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be so hard to tell, like like you mentioned, who if he's going to be the ace. Really, it all depends on you know when he comes back from excursion, what's his gimmick, um, who who's going to be around the company when he comes back. Yeah, I don't uh, think you can clearly say like for sure anything is going to happen one way or the other. But there's a lot of parallels between his Young Lion run and the one that they had Okada on. And everyone kind of knew Okada was earmarked. I don't think anyone knew that Okada would wind up being the Rainmaker and being Okada. But everyone knew that the company really saw something in him and saw money and saw a bright future and a bright star for him. I think there's a lot of parallels between his... uh, you know, his young lion run to show to Umino. So I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility for them to see him as that future star. Uh, I don't know if it's for sure, but yeah, it looks, if you had to, if you had to ask me out of all the guys that are there right now, only one of them could hypothetically be a future ace. I would take show to Umino. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would put my money on Umino also. So the second matchup on the anniversary event, we have, Toa Hanare teaming up with Yuji Nagata to take on Yoshihashi and Tomohiro Ishii. All four of these men in the New Japan Cup. I, um, I'm i really looking forward to this tag match. Um, we've got the storyline between Yuji Nagata and Tomohiro Ishii, you know, kind of just running it for running it sakes. Like, nobody really knows why they're running it. They just <laughs> are. They don't like one another. And then we had the incredible mini feud last year between Toa Hanare and Tomohiro Ishii, which I absolutely adored. It is the thing that got Toa Hanare over with me. And Yoshihashi will be there. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, he does kind of seem to be like the odd. One of these is not like the other. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Ishii and Nagata is going to be incredible. That's Uh, a terrible thing to say when Toa Hanare is also in the match as well. But you know what dude, I'm yeah, but Toanari comes out there with the fire and intensity. Oh, I agree. Uh, like you mentioned, though, that rivalry he had with Ishii last year really helped him break out um, and, and really just show what he's made of. I agree. I agree completely. Uh, but I think um, I'm seeing the team of Ishii and Yoshihashi winning this. I, I could see Toa getting pinned by either Ishii or Yoshihashi. Yeah, that. that... That makes a lot of sense to me, especially Yoshihashi is going to be in the uh, New Japan Cup, correct? Yeah. Hanare's not? Hanare's in. Is he? Yeah. Huh, very interesting. There's some big stakes, at, you know, there's some big stakes here. Um, yeah, and um, Ishii and Nagata are facing off against in the first round. In the first round. That's, that's like maybe the match, I, well, not the, it's not the match I'm looking most forward to, but it's one of them for the first round. I'm yeah. really excited for that. Um... Yeah, very, very interesting. I, I will say this. I don't love Yoshihashi. No, everyone kind of knows that. Yeah. Um, but you could, have a, you could have a worse pairing than Ishii and Yoshihashi. I feel like, you know, in the balance of awesomeness to suckiness, you kind of have a nice balance there. <laughs> Something that's at least a little bit passable. I think Ishii balances out, you know, the the crappiness of Yoshihashi. But, um... Tohanar and Yuji Nagata going to go against all both of these guys. This match has 
a lot of potential. Like, I think this is going to be a sleeper match of the night. Like, it won't be match of the night, but it will be, like, the match that over-delivers, in my opinion. Yeah, and I expect this to be a pretty much a strong-style type of match with uh, Toa, Nagata, and Ishii kind of all wrestle that, that strong style. And, you know, Yoshihashi, um, he had this moments where he does deliver. I'll hit Yoshihashi's match with Yuji Nagata in the G1 a couple years ago. It was actually the first. That was really good. It was like the first Yoshihashi match I'd ever seen at, at that point, and I was really impressed with that match. Well, Yoshihashi had a really good first round match this year. Was that who was that with? Was it Makabe? Mm, it might have. Been. I don't. I'm not I'm trying remembering. I remember it. who he wrestled. He wrestled somebody in the like the very first like night of the G1, and he had a really like like a match that was way better than it had any. Maybe it was Tenzon. No, I'm trying to remember. I can't remember who it was, but. Yeah, I mean, he had a couple decent matches in the in the G1 this year. Um, yeah, you got to figure Toa Hanare would be the odd man out just given the rankings. Um, there is something to be said, though. Like, what if Yuji Nagata pinned Ishii to really, like... Set up that, that match, yeah, and to put that, put that uh, seed of doubt in people's mind that um, he could beat Ishii in the first round match. I think it's really hard at this point in time to ever go against the team, um, you know, or to not go against the team that has Hanari on it. So I'm for that reason alone, I am going to agree with you and say Toa Hanari takes the pinfall here, but there is this little part of me that's like, shut up, you idiot. Nagata's going to get a pinfall. And I'm like, Ooh, that's, that's one way you really could go. Yeah. But no, I, I agree with you. I think Ishii and Yoshiashi pick up the win here. Uh, we had a question from a Reddit user that was five stars. He said, between Yoshihashi's flailing butterfly lock and Sonata's, I'm going to choke you out, choke out your forehead. Which submission do you prefer? Skull's in. Yeah, I definitely have to. I would go with Skull in. Because um, even though he... Because even though it's, it's turned in more of a neck crank, like we've talked about. Yeah, I think it's pretty much just a neck crank. Yeah, it started off being a dragon sleeper, but it's turned to a neck, a neck crank. And I would definitely go with that over uh, the butterfly, Yoshihashi's butterfly lock. You know, I used to use the butterfly lock a lot when I was doing, like, submission grappling and stuff. And, mm -hmm. I mean, it's actually a pretty effective, um, you know, submission hold. In fact, you can really turn that into a neck crank if you... Have the, the person seated the way Yoshihashi does, but you have both arms. Yeah. If you crank back and push their chin into their chest, then you can pass somebody out with that. Really neck crank them as well. Um, I do remember a very famous um, Valley Tudo championship uh, match where I believe it was Gary Goodridge used that to uh, choke somebody out. If I'm remembering, maybe it's Paul Varlins. I can't remember. Mm. But I, I've used that before, and I mean, the butterfly lock is a, is a great submission hold. So is the, the dragon sleeper is also a real, you know, catch as catch can submission hold. Mm -hmm. I mean, I we've learned that. I, you don't see it ever in MMA, but I've I've seen it in folk wrestling before. So both moves are awesome. It's just the delivery here. The Yoshiashi's butterfly lock sucks. He, he's not cranking anything. Right. It looks. He's just. Like, it looks like a rest hold. And there. And you know what? The funny thing about it too is like. When you actually put it on somebody, you can keep it very loose and make it look very devastating. Yeah. It's a pretty safe move as long as you're not really squeezing. So I don't see any reason why he would ever put it on the way he does. You know, it's not like it's uh, safer, you know? Right. You know what I mean? Like, you can do it the real way, keep it loose, and it look devastating and be entirely safe. So 
it just does suck. Like, his butterfly hold really is awful. <laughs> yeah, it's worse. Who else has used the butterfly lock in wrestling that you can think of? Um, I'm trying to think. Nobody's coming to my mind right now. I, I actually used it in my backyard wrestling days as John Durris. I, I did a, a rolling butterfly lock. I felt um, like you stole that from somebody. I did. Dude, a lot of the moves I did um, as John Durris, I, I stole from somebody. Like my STO, I took from uh, Christopher Daniels. Uh, Blue Thunder Bomb, I took from Daniels. Uh, but yeah, the rolling you, know, you know what the STO stands for? Space Tornado o, o, Ogawa. Ogawa, yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, the butterfly lock. I can't remember who I first saw because I, I did take it from somebody, but I don't remember who I took it from. I'm trying to think of anyone that's used it. I mean, I don't know. For some reason, I feel like maybe Chono used to use it, but I feel like there was like a. But there was somebody on the American scene. I I think Daniel Bryan might have used it as well, as like a not as finisher, but he he's probably used it during that Ring of Honor run. I know he well the cattle mutilation almost is a butterfly lock. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe Nigel McGuinness. I, I feel like it was somebody in Ring of Honor. Yeah, I'm trying to think, or I'm trying to remember who who it was, because I feel like it was someone from Ring of Honor too. I'm like, was it Tyler Black? Maybe or Austin Aries? Might have been, could have been Aries, but it wasn't his finisher though. He had that, that Roderick uh, Strong. I just, I, I'd have to do more research. I felt like you'd have a, an answer ready to go because you. Uh, you're you're the Ring of Honor expert on this show. I, I know I I can't remember and the fact that I used it I think I would have I would have remembered who I took it from but I yeah I have no. Well, the idea. reason I said that is because I remember us watching uh, tapes of your wrestling and you were like oh I got this move from there was someone that you told me you got that move from specifically. Yeah I yeah I don't remember now. Ah oh, man. Watch we'll remember after we're done recording. It's all right. No uh, one cares. <laughs> um. The sad thing is you go online, you try to look up Wrestling Butterfly Lock, and mm-hmm. all the pictures are of Yoshihashi's awful-looking uh, <laughs> That's sad. Uh, that's tragic. Uh, we had a question here from Twitter user at Twitter Ain't Shit. He says, uh, actually, nope, not that question. Uh, Twitter user at IronCowboy89. He says, with chaos seemingly coming to an end with different members partnering with Team NJPW Talents, do you think we will see a big breakup story arc, or will they just fade away? Um, I I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, clearly, I don't think Chaos is going anywhere. We just saw that they added um, Mikey Nichols, uh, the former Nick Miller from uh, the Mighty Don't Kneel, to to the Chaos stable. So there there still is a Chaos stable, and yes, they are. They have been blurring the lines with. Uh, the, the home team and chaos, but as of right now, there's there's still a chaos stable. Uh, I don't think they're quite ready to get rid of it yet. I think that uh, Jay White injected a, a dose of lethal poison, destroyed them. They're dying slowly. <laughs> uh, no, I mean I really don't know. Um, it it I'm perplexed by it, and I don't really want to speculate. If if you had my guess. Based on how we've seen them handle other breakups in recent times, not in the past, but just recently, I feel like they're just gonna like let it just go and become whatever. Yeah, I, I, I mean, who knows? But I mean, you, you do have an opportunity to do a storyline there, and so I mean, you might want to capitalize on that if you're Gato and you're booking. But I really don't know. Yeah. So moving on to the next match, we have another ten man tag. We have Dragon Lee, Taguchi, Tiger Mask, Hanma, and Satoshi Kojima 
taking on Suzuki Goon of Taka, Michinoku, El Desperado, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, Taichi, and Minoru Suzuki. Did you see that Taichi has officially taken up the cast and the metal and the the, uh, the Iron Claw? The Iron yeah. Claw. Yes, I did see that. <sighs> more fuckery. <laughs> Just when you thought you know you couldn't get any more heat with Suzuki Gun, but here we go. Yeah, Taichi he has the Iron Fingers. Um, so what will you think if Taichi starts like? Biting people and then like slowly but surely just loses his mind. It becomes the new madman. Yeah. As long as Miho Abe comes out, I'll, I'll be fine. She'll be his handler. Yeah. <laughs> um, They'll do a Beauty and the Beast sort of deal. <laughs> uh, but very interesting thing about this match is the uh, return of Dragon Lee. And this is kind of a random kind of booking for him. You know, normally he's, you know, on the Fantastic Mania tours, he's on the Best of Super Juniors tour, Super Junior Tag tour, uh, maybe you know a one-off big show. But it seems kind of weird for them to be flying in Dragon Lee just for this ten random ten-man tag. They're not a, flying him in. He flew. What do you mean? He's a dragon. <laughs> uh, but uh, cuts down on costs. <laughs> Takes care of his own air travel. <laughs> Yeah, that's save some money. Yeah. Uh, save some yen. Uh, also, he's from, I mean, he lives there anyways. He's, you know, a Lee, so he's actually Japanese native, Dragon Lee. <laughs> uh, but it's interesting that he's here on this card, and there's been a lot of rumors that Hiromu Takahashi uh, will be making a surprise appearance at this anniversary event to start a, a program with Dragon Lee and potentially wrestle each other at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, I mean, you know, ever since he got injured, he's been giving health, you know, reports periodically online, talking of Hiromu, that is. And Hiromu, um, you know, has been giving updates in percentages, and he needs to get to a 1,000%. And, you know, very recently he was, like, at 9 you know, 990 and, I think something yeah like something like that and there has actually been Twitter users I don't have the names to credit you so if you're listening and you're the one who did this hats off to you but I, I don't have the, the research I'm not as good of a journalist as some other uh, <laughs> podcasts and, and uh, people out there but th- yeah there's been people that have been speculating and doing the countdown and it's interesting that when he based on his updates the date that he would hypothetically based on his trajectory hit a thousand percent happens to fall on March the 6th, 2019, uh, which would lead people to believe, you know, Dragon Lee being his perennial, you know, lifetime, you know, blood feud. They've been feuding since, I believe, 2015, you know, in CMLL and Ring of Honor and New Japan and all over the world, uh, just putting on banger after banger, you know, great match after great match. And especially since Dragon Lee was the one who accidentally put him out of commission uh, during their match last year at the Cow Palace, it would uh, stand to reason that that's probably why Dragon Lee's on the the card here. And, you know, a lot of what's happening in New Japan right now is setting up for the MSG show. It's going to be a really big deal. They There are a lot of people wondering what kind of big matches you can place there. And, you know, if you have the return of Hiromu, that's going to be a huge deal. And if it's going to be against his best opponent ever, Dragon Lee, you know, 
there's so there's just such an incredible story that's to, there to be told. Dragon Lee's been calling him out, you know, and, and mentioning him since Fantastic Mania and even before that. So, yeah, I'm I think that's what's going to happen. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, I, I'm going to say I can see uh, Dragon Lee getting the win for his team over Taka. Yeah, Taka has been taking a lot of losses recently, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. Um, you know, a lot, of the, a lot of tag matches with Sabre, he's been eating L. So I can see Taka taking another L here. I mean, you could easily have Hanma take a pinfall loss or Tiger Mask. Or, actually, any of these guys really could hypothetically lose. And I mean... In any other circumstance, I would normally go with Suzuki Goon, but because of the prospect of Hiromu returning and them setting up Dragon Lee and Hiromu, that's kind of I'm gonna go with you and uh, you know pick the Saki Goon team or Taguchi Japan, however you want to say it. Yeah. Um, next up, we have the IWGP Junior Tag Championship match: the challengers Rapungi 3K, Sho and Yo will be challenging Los Ingrubonables de Japón of Shingo Takagi and Bushi in their second title defense. This is something that I think we've all been looking forward to for a long time now. Um, we did get a singles match, or a, you know, a straight two-on-two tag team match between these two during the Fantastic Mania Tour. Uh, when Sho and Yo were performing under the guise of Raijin and Fujin. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did score a pinfall victory over Bushi during that tour. Um, but that wasn't necessarily treated as canon, even though they were pointing out that Fujin and Raijin really were Sho and Yo. Uh, but they worked their way back. They worked their way back to a title shot. And, you know, everyone for a while now, we've been waiting for the, the interaction between Sho and Shingo. I think that that's been building ever since Shingo walked, stepped foot into this promotion. Yeah. And this is like the first two-on-two match between these teams on a big stage with all the marbles on the line. So it's uh, it's exciting. Yeah, man. These two teams are great. And I, I really expect this match to just, um, you know, just be a, a great junior tag match. And, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm going to go with a title change here. I'm going to go... With Rapungi 3K finally getting their belts back and beating Lij, um, that way you can free up Shingo to have a monster run in the uh, the best of the Super Juniors and get him ready for a uh, junior title run. I I like where you're going with that. I think in recent time, in the build up to this match, we saw Sho and Yo attack Shingo and Bushi and challenge them. We've seen them um, come come out to courses of booze. Um, showing a more, uh, you know, kind of heelish demeanor and, you know, bad guy sort of persona, um, kind of embracing an edge, if you would. Yeah. And I think that that's a very interesting thing because Shingo is extremely popular, Bushi's extremely popular, and even though, you know, Rapongi 3K is a popular team, the LIJ brand is still just, you know, this titan powerhouse in, you know, when it comes to merchandise, when it comes to popularity in Japan. Um, so it's fitting that Shonyo are kind of taking that that uh, heel role when it comes to this mini feud and to this, uh, to this match. But I got to tell you, I think Shingo and Bushi are retaining here. Mm. Um, I could definitely see a scenario where, you know, just to be clear, Shingo hasn't taken a pinfall uh, lost to either to anybody really since he's been since in since he's been in New Japan Pro Wrestling, 
Um, and the few times that they have lost matches, it's been Bushi who's taken the losses. They've done an amazing job building up Shingo all throughout the Junior Tag Tournament. The match that they had uh, at Wrestle Kingdom was a, basically a showcase for Shingo. But I don't think that they're done yet. I think that they're going to really display Shingo's dominance. And I think he's beating Sho. Mm. I think he's going to um, hit him with, uh, what's it, the Last of the Dragon? Yeah. I think he's hitting with the la- uh, you know, Pumping Bomber, Last of the Dragon, and that will be it. And Sho and Yo, who have already kind of displayed a little bit of a heelish tendency, might start to even, it, this might push them a little bit further down that down that route and I think that that leaves a little something more to be told later on when we get Sho and Shingo in a singles match mm. but um, yeah I'm, I'm taking LIJ nice uh, you know, I, that's a, that was a great scenario that you, that you just painted right there and I could totally see that happening so it'll be interesting to see the direction they kind of go in with um, both these teams both these teams <laughs> both these teams <laughs> Um, next up, we have another junior match, and this is for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, and we have the challenge. The new. <laughs> we have the challenger Jushin the, Thunder Liger, the twelve-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, twelfth title reign, uh, challenging the Bone Soldier Taiji Ishimori in his second defense of the Junior Heavyweight Championship. We saw Liger get that flash pin. Over Taiji Ishimori doing the Honor Rising tour on uh, night one. That's what's going to happen here. So you're saying uh, bell rings and uh, Liger rolls this man up? Liger's going to roll him into a, a Romero special. Put him up in the air. Crank on those legs. Crank on those arms. We're going to see this man Ishimori tap out like a punk. <laughs> um, you know, as much as it would be as cool for Liger to get another run of the title... Shote, Romero special, one, two, three. I don't see that happen here. I think the Bone Soldier is going to retain with the Bloody Cross. I do think they will tease that flash pinfall um, in the beginning of the match. There'll be, there'll, I'm sure there'll be several near falls where Liger will pull out some kind of crazy cradle and have the fans at the edge of their seats because they saw it happen once already. So I can see several near falls where Liger comes close to pitting Taiji, but then eventually Taiji will catch him with the bloody cross and put him away. Y'all want to win? Put Liger in. He's about to win this belt, be the 12-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, and he's going to go all the way to the best Super Juniors. We're going to see a finals between Jushin Thunder Liger and Pac. It's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) Selling out the Budokan. Are you playing a fire pro wrestling on the air here? <laughs> you playing the new uh, GM mode, booking booking your territory? Oh, uh, shout out to Rich. I heard he uh, he told me that he he started that and he tanked his uh, territory in three months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but no, um, yeah, Taiji Ishimori is going to retain here. Uh, but I'm looking forward to this match. Um, you know, Liger's had some really interesting and um, entertaining. Singles matches in the past few years, you know, the match he had with uh, Taichi in the Best Super Juniors, uh, the match he had with Will Ospreay last year, the match he had with um, Kushida a couple years ago. You know, every now and again, he'll he'll put on his working boots, come out, you know, do, do a very impressive, you know, big match, and he's still capable of it. And I think he's going to give his best to Taiji Ishimori. I think we're getting close to four stars here. 
And um, Ishimura's going to look great, and Liger will look great. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to this match a lot. Like, yeah. Yeah, this, yeah, this will be a great matchup. And we got a question concerning the junior title from um, Twitter follower at Twitter Ain't Shit. He says, what do you guys think will happen with the junior title at the G1 Supercard? Maybe a three- or four-way involving Bandito or Gresham? Hmm. Uh, that that is something that could that that would actually make a lot of sense to do like a three or four way. Yeah, to you know you you, you got to fit as much guys as you can on this card, and you got two rosters that you're working with, and not just one. So um, junior matches are usually pretty great in a three or four way uh, scenario. Um, so yeah, they could do something where it's Taiji, um, one other New Japan guy, and then you have Bandito and Gresham representing Ring of Honor. You know, one thing that we threw out there the other week was. You know, what if they did a ladder war for the tag titles? And that's a possibility. But what if they decided to do a ladder war for the junior, for the junior title? Multi-man. I'm sure that that title's never been contested in any sort of ladder match. Yeah. And that would be a way to really showcase a lot of talent. I'm not saying they're going to do it, but, but what It's a if? great idea. Put like six or eight guys in that match yeah. and just let them go balls to the wall. Let, let yeah, let them do you know their version of Money in the Bank and let's see what they can do. And I mean that would be that'd be a match people would be talking about all weekend. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that a multi man match sounds likely because I don't know how they're going to build it up between now and then. And they do have you know great high flyers on both sides. Another thing they could wind up doing, they might just do a straight one on one match. And maybe feature like their top junior against, uh, you know, New Japan's top junior. We might see like Ishimori and Bandito. Hey, sign me up for that. Or Flip Gordon. Yeah. Maybe. That's a possibility. Um, I don't know. Yeah, so we'll just have to wait and find out and see what they're going to do there. I say they do an eight man ta- uh, one night tag or one night tournament. <laughs> For, for what for number one contendership? No, just all together like like champion champions in it, and he defends his title every round. <laughs> so whoever wins the whole tournament gets the belt. Uh, I don't think they, they have enough time on the card for that. Oh, they got plenty of time. <laughs> they got plenty of time. They'll be five minute matches. They'll be sprints. <laughs> um. So the next matchup on the card here, the anniversary day special six man tag. We have Hiroki Goto, Kazuchika Okada. And Hiroshi Tanahashi wow. taking on the LIJ team of Sonata, Evil, and Tetsuya Naito. That's going to be a great match. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got the Mega Aces, you got LIJ, Goto's there. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this yeah, this could, could be another one of those matches that's kind of like low-key, like match of the night with the talent that's in this match. And it's a 60-minute time limit, so you're really going to get some time. Yeah, and every single one of these guys is in the uh, New Japan Cup as well. So that's another interesting thing to kind of think about. And, you know, I got to tell you, I haven't even really analyzed the brackets aside from the first round. So I don't know how things like Okada, Tanahashi could hypothetically shake out. I know Naito's on the opposite side of Okada. Is Tanahashi, he's on the opposite side as well. Uh, yeah, he is. I think so. Yeah, so Tanahashi and Naito are on the, like the B side. Okada's on the A side. Um, very interesting stuff here. Um, I don't know. I don't know which way I'm going with this. What do you think? 
my uh, my gut is to go Lij. That that was my gut too. I mean, they're a solid team, and they but, all. But you got Okada and Tanahashi on the other side. It's yeah, tough. Yeah, it's very tough. Um, wow. I think I think I'm gonna go with Okada Tanahashi. Okay. Just because I think right now, whether he wins it or not, Okada is more than likely the odds-on favorite to win the New Japan Cup, and I think they probably want to make him look strong uh, going to the Cup. Plus, you know, I would love for them to have Naito win or have Evil and Sonata win and all those guys, but I just don't know that they will. Yeah. You know? I don't know. I think I'm going to take LIJ, and I'm going to go with one of those guys pinning Goto. Goto. Yeah. Yep, and I'm I'm gonna uh, say Okada uh, Rainmakers evil and gets the one two three. All right, well that brings us to the main event of this show, the anniversary day main event. The anniversary day special single match with the never open weight champion Will Osprey taking on the IWGP heavyweight champion Switchblade Jay White, and this match is. Very, very interesting for this one reason. It's two non-Japanese, two Gaijin performers headlining the anniversary show for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Their, what, this is their 47th anniversary? Yep. I don't know that. I could be wrong here, but I don't believe that they've ever had for the actual anniversary card a headliner between two Gaijin. I don't think they have. Yeah, this is yeah, kind of unprecedented and you know, I really haven't seen that much like, um, you know, people being upset or up in arms or any, you know, clashing from New Japan featuring two Gaijins here in this main event. Well, I don't think for Western fans it bothers them at all. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. But I would wonder how it would reflect with, say, the Japanese fan base. But, you know, because we don't always hear everything from them. I think what it really, what it really comes down to is this show probably will draw no matter what because it's the anniversary show yeah it's at what corkin uh no it's not at corkin it's um at the oda city general gymnasium okay that's where they have it every year so yeah i mean you know the the fan response and the crowd interaction the you know the house that they draw will probably all be an indicator um you know, Will Ospreay and Jay White are pretty loyal guys. When you know Jay White came through the dojo system, you know, and Will Ospreay's been in New Japan for quite a few years now. So I mean, it makes sense that you know it's just very interesting to see. They usually always have at least one Japanese performer. Yeah. Um. You know, in their anniversary show, so it's kind of kind of interesting in in that respect. Yeah, and um, you know, I watched the Ring of Honor match a couple of years ago. With Jay White versus Will Ospreay when Jay White was an excursion in Ring of Honor. And, Which uh, is a uh, Ring of Honor throwback match of the week right now. Yeah, that's how that's why I watched it on their YouTube. Um, and the match was rated uh, four and a half stars, I believe, by David Meltzer. And man, that it was a hell of a match. And just even seeing Jay White at that stage of his career, he was... He got re- carried. <laughs> Man's a bum. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Will Ospreay did all the work in that match. Will Ospreay can have a great match with a broomstick. I don't know why you're telling me he had a great match. I mean, it's Jay White. Jay White sucks, right? <laughs> Obviously. Uh, no, but all seriousness, uh, Jay looked really good in that match a couple years ago in Ring of Honor. Um, 
and just, you know, it wasn't all. Yes, Osprey's amazing, but that match was not just all Osprey. Uh, Jay White looked great, too. And I'm expecting big things for this match. I think this is going to be a great main event. I'm excited. I'm excited, man. I'm really, really, really excited. I love champion versus champion matches, especially in New Japan. We don't get a ton of them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this card... Now, traditionally, it's not every year, but there has been in recent years a tradition of having the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion challenge against the IWGP Heavyweight Champion. They kind of forego, like, kind of for have foregone from that. However, you want to pronounce that, or you know, however you want to say, it, I don't know. But um, this year, instead, they had Will Ospreay, the Never Champion, who has been on a tear. Mm -hmm. You know, ever since you know he defeated Kota Ibushi. He's got pinfall victories over Jeff Cobb, Davey Boy Smith Jr. Um, he just defeated, uh, what's his face? Uh, Jeff Cobb. I said that. I said, um, Dalton Castle. Uh, Dalton Castle, yeah. Um, and then he he defeated somebody right before he challenged for this title. Am I wrong about that? I'm trying to remember. I think he did. But he's just been looking like a killer. Oh, wait. Who did he? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Didn't he... Did he, did he wrestle Goto? I can't remember. I don't know. But, um, no, that wouldn't make sense. They're they're both chaos. Yeah. But, you know, he's been on a tear. He's been killing guys, winning tons of matches, just looking super impressive. And he said he wanted to challenge Jay White. Now, this is a non-title affair. Um, and, you know, you still have to figure Will Ospreay, for all intents and purposes, is probably at this point considered a quote-unquote heavyweight. But he's also kind of in between because he's the open weight cha you know, champion, and they've never really made the official statement like this guy is heavyweight. Right. From now on, on. on a commentary during Honor Rising, they mentioned that he was a few um, kilograms away from making the heavyweight weight. Uh, weight. So technically, he's still a junior, but he's the open weight champion, and, and, and technically, an open weight can compete in both. Weight classes right now, but he is leaning more towards the heavyweight. But I don't think he's quite there yet. It's also interesting because Will Osprey was the junior champion last year this time and challenged against Kazushiko Okada um, in a in a losing effort, but a match that was great nonetheless. That actually is the free match of the week for New Japan Pro Wrestling this this uh, this week as well. If you get a chance to check that out, so it's kind of like a second crack at at it this time. And Jay White's a new champion. Um, this isn't. A title defense, but it's his first singles match as the IWGB heavyweight champion against a familiar opponent, somebody who they say has had Jay White's number in the past. Yeah, Osprey uh, won that Ring of Honor match a couple years ago, um, and so yeah, this is a return match here. I'm not, sh I'm sure they probably wrestled each other a couple other times um, besides that Ring of Honor match, but uh, yeah, Osprey got the big win there. And so now, you know, Osprey has that win over Jay White's head. And, you know, it's time, can, can Jay White get that win back here on this card? Um, and we have several questions here about this matchup. Uh, first comes from Reddit user Rambone Slam Pig. He said, in this match, uh, do you think White leans into a faster-paced style? Or does Osprey slow it down a bit? Or do they meet in the middle? Is a match like this an opportunity to win over some of the Jay White doubters who dislike his more heelish, methodical style? Hmm. Well, I got to tell you, I think that, um, and it was something I was starting to think about, and I think this question leans right into my thought process. 
Um, I think it's going to be somewhere in the middle. Um, and I, I say that for this reason. Will Ospreay, even at a slowdown pace, is still a dynamo in the ring and a very, very fast-paced wrestler. And with Jay White, you know, he's a methodical guy. He's very cerebral and, you know, calm and calculated in the way that he kind of picks guys apart. But both of these guys have something to prove. You've got Jay White, a guy who, you know, needs sort of that marquee match. And if he's going to have it, Will Ospreay is the guy to kind of do that with. Plus, he can really make a statement um, showing his dominance against a guy who's still technically a junior. And then you have Will Ospreay, who's trying to get on that you know, big five, big six level, mm-hmm. really show himself to the world. And so it's sort of a crossroads match for both competitors. And I think Will Ospreay has been slowing things down a bit just in general. He's not even calling himself the aerial assassin anymore. They're calling him just, you know, the assassin. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of going more into a strike-based and hard-hitting strong style sort of offense. Whereas Jay White... You know, for all the detractors and all the people that say stuff about him, match after match, he seems to be getting into like a more big match, main event, like New Japan uh, main event style, like level style sort of wrestling uh, style. So I think that these two guys are going to rub off on one another, and you're going to see something that is in the middle, where they both where it, it, it basically accentuates both of their positives and and you know the best that they can bring to the table. And plus, we, that's sort of what we saw the first time that they wrestled in Ring of Honor to begin with. Yeah. Yeah, I expect a similar format to that Ring of Honor match um, where it's kind of in the middle where you, I'm sure, uh, you know, Jay White with that um, TTO submission hole will try and slow Osprey down by taking the legs out, working the legs, and slowing him down that way. Um, but, of course, Osprey will come. Just like he was looking for the Boston Crab a lot in the first match. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it'll be somewhere in the middle. Now, as far as this being an opportunity to win over Jay White doubters, um, I don't know. It might be hard because if this match is great, all the Jay White haters will say it's all because of Will Ospreay. Jay White did nothing. Ospreay carried him to a great match. Yeah. So even if it's a great match, it's not going to really – I don't think it's going to be – it's really going to help Jay White. Uh, I think people will just just give all the praise to Ospreay. Then if the match – falls flat then everybody will blame jay white for it being a horrible match even if it's not horrible let's say it's a four-star match people are gonna be like four stars with will osprey my god this man jay white yeah blah 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 da 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 you know so i see what you're saying it's kind of a a no-win situation at the same time i could also see the one match where i feel like nobody could really doubt how great jay was to this day is still the juice match Mm mm-hmm that's the one where everyone was like, okay. Like, no one really had much to say one way or the other because it was so good. Um, and I think that this could be on that level or even higher. I think that this hypothetically has – I'm not saying it's going to be, but it's got the ingredients for a potential match of the year contender. We haven't had a lot of them this year yeah. so far. So this seems like one that's primed and ready to go right before we get into New Japan Cup season. So, yeah, I'm excited for it. So another question from Reddit user Control Alt Wrist. He says, "What is your ceiling for Will Osprey and NJPW?" Um, I think we've had this sort of question in the past. Um, do Do you think Will Osprey could be the guy? 
I think he could. I, I could see Will Ospreay being IWGP champion. Do you say that now because Jay White's the IWGP champion? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think with the the way that Osprey has evolved and uh, changed his style up, um, he has the move set to be a heavyweight. Now we've seen him have awesome matches with heavyweights. Um, he's a, a gaijin guy that can speak. He's good on the mic, good promos. Um, he could, you know, they want to continue the Western expansion. Um, Osprey's a guy that. They could definitely get you know push him to the forefront to be the face of the Western expansion and kind of take that Kenny Omega role of the babyface guys in that everybody loves and put the belt on him like that. That all makes sense, but also keep in mind that Kenny had the Bucks, Kenny had the Bullet Club, and Kenny had Kenny's personality and promo cutting skills, which are all things that Will Ospreay currently does not have. Taking nothing away from him, mm-hmm. there is something to be said about the special persona about the cleaner and about the best bout machine that not all the other Gaijin performers have really tapped into. And so that's my one thing is like I do I would like to see Will Ospreay sort of and, – and you know what? I'm not trying to criticize him too much or say he sucks because he actually has been making strides in his back, backstage uh, promos and his persona – but I would like to see more than just generic aerial flyer. You know what I mean? I'd yeah. like to see something that people can really stick their teeth into because there is a marketability with Kenny that most other Gaijin performers, no matter how spectacular they are, they don't necessarily have. Um, I also think it's interesting, the the remainder of this question, he brings up something that's really worth thinking about. He said, given his health concerns, would you push him quickly to be one of the top guys in order to maximize his potential for business while his body still holds up? Or would you prefer giving that slot to health-wise safer if less spectacular wrestlers? And um, I think that that's something to be thinking about is how long he can keep doing this, you know, given the uh, style of wrestling he does. Even though he's kind of toning it down even as we speak, we've mentioned it on the show. I think even just on the last tour, we saw him. Um, I can't remember what it was, but he did something where like we thought he was going to die. It was when he was going for the Oz Cutter and right. Dalton Castles, trying to catch him with the German. Oh, and, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. It didn't quite end like how they wanted to. He was able to flip over just in time and not land on his head. And you know, wrestlers get hurt all the time. You know, anything could be a last bump. But this is a guy that's constantly taped up. We see him doing the cupping on his back all the time. We hear the stories, you know, broke his rib, broke his toe, you know, nearly broke his neck last year, was on yeah. the shelf last time. I mean, we, and we, we saw him WrestleMania weekend last year taped up going from one show to the next show on the same day. He would wrestle the opening match on one card, drive over to the next venue and wrestle in the main event of another card um, and wrestling, you know, probably, probably one of the most featured wrestlers of the of WrestleMania weekend last year. Yeah. And he's just putting so much wear and tear on his body. Um so you know, yeah, if I mean I'm if I'm booking New Japan, I try to get what I can out of Osprey now. Yeah, I, I'm I'm the same way. I think now's the time. If you're gonna make the guy, make the guy and you know, after the twenty eighteen he had as a junior, you know Now's the time to really capitalize on him. I don't know if it's even necessarily just the health stuff. I think that's a factor. But I think the fact of the matter is 
you already invested in him. You had him beat Kota Ibushi like that. Pull the trigger on him, and they got the opportunity to do that in the G1 this year. Yeah. Um, with that being said, though, what is his – could if you asked me, could Will Ospreay ever be like an IWGP title holder? I would say that is a possibility. Do I think that we will ever see that? If I had to be honest with you, I don't think that we will ever see that. But I do think it is his ceiling. I think he's capable of it if they really want him to be. I don't think we'll ever see him as the ace, though. Yeah. That's not. I don't think that that's in his future. I think we could see him as the top Gaijin star in the company. That is a possibility. It's it, it's a it's maybe a likelihood. Um, and you don't have to be the IWGB champion to do that either necessarily. Um, plenty of times where guys have been the top Gaijin without being the champion. But I think holding the title is his top ceiling. That's like his ultimate ceiling. Where do I see him falling into a more likely role? Like number two, number three Gaijin in the company, you know, a perennial title contender, a perennial, you know, secondary title holder. That's where I kind of see him. But then again, if you would have asked me a year or two ago if he'd be in the position he is now, I would have said no. Yeah. So, I mean... He could prove us wrong, and I mean, he has done that many times, so I'm not doubting him. Yeah. Uh, and question here from Rich Latta. He says, can we force Osprey to steal Jay White's belt? He said, also, fuck Josh ahead of time. Okay. So you want to move on to New Japan Cup? <laughs> <laughs> um, he wants this man to... Uh, to steal Jay White's belt, even though it's a non-title match, and just carry it around with him like he's Dean Ambrose <laughs> stealing this man's belt. Like, come on, man, that's WWE stuff. This new Japan, <laughs> we, we we have respect for our titles here. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying, man. Rich Latta, Western bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. So oh well. So prediction. Who you going with? I'm going with Jay White. Yeah, I'm going with Jay White also. I mean, I'd be really surprised if Will Ospreay won. Yeah, same here. Um, so, yeah, so that wraps up the anniversary event preview. Again, that is Wednesday, March 6th on New Japan World. Now we're going to get into some New Japan Cup talk. First round, baby. Yeah, we're going to preview the first round matches. And there is a lot of matches to cover. You know, last year, we did a whole entire New Japan Cup preview and talked about every single match and, you know, all the future predictions and everything like that. And, you know, part of me kind of feels like we wasted our breath a little bit because a lot of the scenarios we, like, created really didn't end up playing out anyways yeah um the other thing too is that there's way more matches this year so this year we're going to focus on this being just the round one preview and then as we you know record the next week we'll have round two ready to go we'll discuss that and we'll you know take a look at where you guys are at in the standings with your brackets predictions and kind of go from there but yeah i gotta tell you i love Round robin tournaments, of course, but there's something special about these brackets. I love bracket tournaments. I always have my entire life, like the King of the Ring, WrestleMania 4 tournament, you know, just growing up and seeing guys like put into a bracket scenario like that. It's always been something that I've loved. And so for that reason, I've always liked the New Japan Cup. And every year as it's gotten as 
their expansion has you know improved and their production and new japan world has grown and you know western audiences and you know english commentary all that has kind of expanded and we're getting full production shows um new japan cup has become a bigger and bigger deal last year it was like the biggest and best tournament they've ever had when it comes to new japan cup and this year's going to top that especially given the implications because the winner is going to challenge jay white in Madison square garden so i am pumped for this tournament yeah and they doubled the field we got 32 competitors this year instead of 16 yes um you know i feel like there's a lot more hype for this tournament this year i feel like there's g1 levels of um, anticipation and hype not only that but i think that last year's tournament did a world of wonders for building up the anticipation for this tournament because we had so many great matches and the run that Zack Sabre Jr. and Tanahashi had in that tournament was like legendary, and I think that that like took elevated the tournament itself to now this year. People are even more excited. Yeah. All right. So we'll start off here. Night one is uh, Thursday, March. Or excuse me, Friday, March eighth at Corkin Hall. We have Yuji Nagata versus Tomohiro Ishii. Oh my God. Juice Robinson versus Chase Owens. Tomioka Hanma versus Taichi and Monobu Nakanishi versus Yoshihashi. There, so, there's two matches I'm really excited for and two that uh, you can miss me with. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Yuji Nagata, Tomohiro Ishii. That's going to be a banger. Yes. It's going to be a banger. I am so excited. Yeah, this is going to be match of the night on this on night one. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't, don't discount Juice and uh, Chase Owens just yet. Dude, come on. Come on, man. I, I love Juice and Chase, too, but come on. Nagata and Ishii going at each other, strong style. Nagata kicking in Ishii's chest. Ishii um, just pummeling uh, Nagata's head with forearms. Come on, man. This this is strong style, match of the year candidate written all over it. Chase Owens going to package power drive Juice Robinson and get a future U.S. title shot. That's what's going to happen. A star is going to be born on this night. That, that, the crown jewel of the Bullet Club, Chase Owens, and it's going to be five stars. <laughs> so, so real quick, back to Nagata and Ishii. Who, who you got here? Um, so I've got to take Tomohiro Ishii because I would be heartbroken if he gets knocked out in the first round again. We saw him uh, in a nearly five star classic. I thought it was five stars last year with Michael Elgin. Just an incredible match. Very, very dangerous match. And he got knocked out when a lot of people actually had him go into the finals. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I think you, him and Yuji Nagata, they were supposed to wrestle uh, on the U.S. shows this past month. That didn't end up happening. And it's kind of nice because it's fitting in right here. And um, I think Ishii's always been the guy that's been uh, slotted to be elevated by this little mini program. Um, I don't think Nagata really needs the win. Um, you know, you got the, the winner of this is going on to take on Hanma and Taichi. Based on that, I think Ishii's got to be the guy that goes into the next round. Yeah, I also got my bracket up here, and I got Ishii penciled in to defeat Nagata and move on to the second round. Star rating wise, Nagata Ishii, where do you? What's your prediction? Where do you think we're gonna fall? Uh, I expect a minimum of four stars. I think that's about what we're getting as a four star match here. Uh, but I do think it could it could creep into four and a quarter, four and a half. Nagata can still go, man. Yeah, I know. Like, don't 
who are we to doubt Nagata? Yeah, and I'm, <laughs> ass- I'm assuming this is going to be the main event of night one. I would assume so. Um, so yeah, I see the I I can see this. I'm always excited to see Nagata in a, in a main event singles match. It's been you know we haven't seen that since uh, his G1 run a couple years ago. So very 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 excited for this. So then uh, Juice Robinson and Chase Owens. Um, I actually was being facetious, but I am excited for this match. Um, I'm excited to see Chase. Like, I don't think he's ever been in a uh, heavyweight tournament in New Japan. Yeah, I don't think he has. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what he's going to do here. And believe it or not, I do have Chase going over Juice Robinson here. Um, pretty much what you were saying, I, I see Juice or see Chase pinning Juice being a, an upset win and Chase getting a U.S. title shot. Wow, that's um, that's pretty bold. I was actually joking. I've got to tell you, I'm going with Juice, <laughs> <laughs> only because it's safe. That's the only reason. I'm, I mean, like, I I don't know how it's all gonna be booked out and everything, but I'm just gonna go Juice. Oh wow! But wow. I but I think the match is gonna be fantastic. Yeah, I wanted to live on the edge. I'm going. I'm going with. I'm going with the crown jewel. I I think that. Uh, Chase Owens has an incredible opportunity here, though, to really make a name for himself. And if what you're, uh, you know, booking out comes to pass, then that's another way that they can really get behind him this year. Keep in mind that the last two years in a row, um, his buddy Ujiro has been in the first round against Juice and been knocked out both years. Yeah. So there's kind of a little running story there that I haven't heard anyone else really talk about, but I point to the head. I remember. So I think that that's also a nice little nugget, little breadcrumb right there. But um, yeah, I think I think Juice is going to win. He's levels ahead of Chase Owens, but Chase Owens, in my opinion, has an opportunity to really show something for himself in this match. Uh, next we have Hanma and Tai Chi. Um, tai Chi. Yeah, I'm going with Tai Chi. I'm not really looking forward to this match. No, me either. Yeah. I... What what do you what do you star ratings wise? What do you think this is gonna be? Three. Yeah, I'm uh, yeah somewhere two and a half to three. Yeah, not looking forward to that one. I think that uh, Ishii and Taichi makes a lot of sense going into the next round. Um, you know, there was a time. You know, believe it or not, I don't I, I don't know. If, are you aware of this, Jeremy? That like Hanma and Ishii have a five star match. I'm not aware of that. Yeah, they they had a series uh, a few years ago that is like incredible. Um, actually, I'll tell you what, and some people who might listen to this might actually disagree or dislike what I'm about to say, but I don't like the, the Hanma Ishii matches that much. Um, but people love them, but people love, I mean, they're, they're great. I'm not denying that they're, they're not great. They are great, but it's hard for me to suspend my, my disbelief for these matches because they stand there and they hit each other hard so many times that it gets a little bit much for me but those Ishii Hanma matches um, there was a trilogy that they had it was from 2015 2016 I'm trying to remember mm. um, those were great and you know there's probably people who wish that we could get that again but I just don't think Hanma can do that anymore I think Taichi is the guy that's going to get pushed here especially being the heel makes more sense so I think we're getting Ishii and Taichi I think Taichi's going to use a, a um, the Iron Claw move on to the next round, and we're getting Ishii and Taichi round two. Yeah, I think that's what that's gonna happen here. And then uh, we have Nakanishi and Yoshihashi. Um, 
going with Yoshihashi here. Um, that makes sense. I, I don't want to see Nakanishi any more than I have to in this tournament. Um, Although it kind of is hard for me to think of Yoshihashi just beating Nakanishi clean. Even even in his advanced age, you know, Nakanishi is a pretty uh, imposing guy. I'm just like, what's he going to do? Put him in that butterfly log? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I guess. He, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. Yoshihashi has another finishing move, right? Yeah, he has the karma. I don't even know what that is. Um, it's like that set out kind of... Oh, yeah, that thing sucks. <laughs> Actually, I kind of like the karma. I don't like it. But I don't think he's going to get Nakanishi up for that, though. He's probably going to tap him out with the... Or he might just roll him up. Yeah. But yeah, I see uh, Yoshihashi uh, getting the win here. So you think we're getting Yoshihashi and uh, Chase Owens round two? Yeah. Well, that's an interesting matchup. Um, I think Yoshihashi and Juice... If I'm New Japan, that might make a little more sense to try and build up a future uh, U.S. title sort of deal. Uh, potentially. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Yoshihashi has challenged for that title in the past, so it's not like he's never been near that title before. Yeah. So that's uh, night one. Night two uh, will be Saturday, March 9th at the Aichi Prefectural Gymnasium. We have... Toa Hanare versus Lance Archer, Will Ospreay versus Bad Luck Fale, Kazuchika Okada versus Michael Elgin, and the returning Mikey Nichols versus the returning Hikaleo. Mm. So Toa Hanare and Lance Archer. Uh, this is an interesting matchup. Um, we have Hanare who, you know, show after show, match after match, is becoming a perennial fan favorite. Going up against the crazy man of, you know, Suzuki Goon uh, and Killer Elite Squad. Um, you know, if I was booking this, I would use this as maybe an opportunity to um, to elevate Hanare. But you got to figure that, like, it, he, they just haven't done that. They haven't shown that they're going to do that with Hanare just yet. Mm -hmm. And Lance Archer does tend to do decent in these sorts of tournaments, so... I mean, what are you thinking? I mean, do you think that they elevate Hanare here? Yeah, so I have uh, Hanare going over Archer here. Really? To, yeah, I feel like KES, they don't do well in singles tournaments. I feel like they're Maybe always... they don't. I feel like majority, at least since I've started watching, yeah. they are always eliminated pretty quickly. Or like if it's G1, they don't do very well. I'm just uh, thinking, I feel like there was a time where like Lance Archer like did like went deep in one of these tournaments. I don't know. Um, yeah, that, that's possible, but I don't know. I just feel like um, Toa Hanare is a guy that's been working really hard, and I think this would be a great tournament to kind of give him an upset win and help elevate him and just be one of those first-round upsets. Um, you know, you, you have to have some upsets. You're right. There's got to be an upset somewhere. Um, and so in this first round, I think this would be a great one where everybody counts Toa out and then... You know, out of nowhere, either he, he rolls Archer up or somehow gets Archer up for the Toa bottom. Um, yeah, I can see Toa stealing this one here. You know what? When I was looking at the brackets and I'm looking at Osprey Fale going up against this, just for my own sake and my own sanity, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with you, dog. I'm going <laughs> I'm going uh, Hanara here. So, I am looking at some of these older brackets to see if Lance Archer's ever done. You know, fairly decent. Last year he got knocked out in the first round. I don't know if he ever was 
I know Davy Boy Smith Jr. has been in a few of them, but I don't know if Lance Archer's even ever been in another one. Yeah. Oh, he was. He got beat by Prince Devitt. <laughs> um, oh, and he got beat by Okada the year before that. You're right. Uh, he got beat by Makabe before that. Wow. So if history tells us anything, it's not a, necessarily a bad bet to go against uh, Archer. So, yeah, I'm going to go Hanari, man. Nice. Um, so, Will Ospreay and Balak Fale. I'm going Fale. Really? Wow. Uh, I'm, I'm going Osprey. I think with the role that he's been on and all the heavyweights that he beats, uh, I think Fale would be a, a, a great uh, guy to kind of add to that, to that list of people, big heavyweights he's beating. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. I just think it's Fale. Yes, Fale does traditionally do well in these New Japan Cup tournaments, but I mean, I don't have to like really qualify it more than that. The thing is, you can be Kazushiko Okada, and you can get beat when you're going up in a singles match against Bad Luck Fale. Um, Will Osprey, it's you know, it's not like he's going to lose his title if he gets beat by Fale here. Right, and they could set up a never title match with Osprey versus Fale. Maybe. Uh, I, I'm not even thinking that far in the future. I'm just I find it hard. To imagine that he's go- that he's gonna defeat Bad Luck Fale, and like you said, there are there do have to be upsets. The moment that I saw that match on paper, I thought to myself, Bad Luck Fale's beaten, you know, um, Will Osprey. They've given Will Osprey a lot of big heavyweight wins, mm-hmm. and you know, I don't think he needs to go far in this tournament because he's gonna have an incredible showing against uh, Jay White. Jay White. And then, you know, there's no need for him to go deep in the tournament af- after that point. You know what I mean? And who? Maybe, maybe Jay White costs him the, the match here. Maybe that's a possibility. I just think that when he gets into the match with uh, Bad Luck Fale, the story will be that he bit off more than he could chew. It's it's a true super heavyweight. He's not even really a heavyweight yet, and he's not going to be able he'll, – he'll probably – do some really like cool and interesting things, but I think he's getting beat. I think that mm. Lafayette's gonna beat him. Mm. That's, that's yeah. And I, I know it's a, a controversial take. Yeah. I mean, if if Osprey has been on a tear, so if he wins, I won't be surprised. You know, I'll eat crow. I hope he does win. I don't even like Balak Fale that much, <laughs> but I think Fale is going to the second round. That's kind of why I'm taking Hanare. So Hanare, that Hanare Fale rivalry can be renewed. Yeah. Uh. Okada and Big Mike. That's gonna be that's gonna be excellent. Um, every time Okada and Elgin wrestle one another, they have good matches. Um, I'm going Okada, obviously. Yeah, I'm going Okada. Also, that's uh, my pick for match of the night. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I don't think we'll be seeing you know Elgin pulling any upsets like he did last year against Ishii here. Uh, yeah, I think Okada's gonna clean Elgin up here in this first round. If, if Elgin won, they'd have to turn him heel because people would be so pissed. Dude, that would, that again would bust brackets because oh. <laughs> a lot of people um, have Okada winning overall in the cup, including myself. I, I'll literally lose my mind if, if Michael, I like Michael Elgin. Like, I don't love him, but as a performer, I like him. I like his matches. But if he beats Okada, I'm going to freaking lo- lose my <laughs> mind. Yeah, man. That, yeah, that would be a. How about this match, uh, the one we haven't talked about, Mikey Nichols versus uh, Big Hickaleo? What is this? 
<laughs> I don't even know how to describe this. So, got Mikey Nichols, formerly Nick Miller, uh, from NXT, from uh, TM61. This man, a Largo Looper. Yeah, Largo Looper. Um, he was previously in NOAA. He also wrestled a little bit in New Japan before going over to NXT. Um, you know, I, I haven't really seen him in a one-on-one um, match before. I've only seen him in tag action. And personally, I've always liked Shane Thorne uh, more than I liked Mikey Nichols. Um, I always thought Shane was the kind of breakout star of that team. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. I mean, Hikaleo, um, he's still pretty green. He's coming back from an injury. Um, before he was injured, he was kind of getting better and kind of um, fitting into that role of this like big monstrous guy as a part of the Bullet Club. Um, he got he was getting better than when we first saw him um, bumbling around out there. Um, but yeah, with coming back from the injury and this being his first match, I'm, I'm not sure. You know, putting him against Mikey Nichols is I don't know how that's I don't know what to expect here. Yeah, I I think that this is an anomaly. Um, <laughs> I don't think anyone really has a, a idea of what this is going to be. Um, like I don't even know who's gonna win. Uh, you got a new guy in Mikey Nichols showing up. You got Hikaleo who you know is returning from injury, but you know has had a very short and green you know career. Uh, and then the winner of this is probably going on to wrestle Okada. Like, what do we, what, I don't know. I mean, for that, re- and then, you know, Okada's in chaos. Nichols is in chaos. Hikaleo's uh, OG Bull Club guy. I mean, this is just a strange, strange thing to me. Like, I don't know even what to think about it. Uh, I think it's one of the stranger scenarios throughout the entire tournament. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to go. I see. I don't know if they're even gonna push Mikey Nichols. Like all we've heard about him joining the company at all was a post that Rocky Romero posted on Twitter. That's about it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna go with Mikey Nichols. Um, I mean, like, yeah. The the only reason we I like want to go with Mikey Nichols is because I just can't imagine a match between Hikaleo and Okada. Yeah. But I also. But then when I stop and think about it, I I go. Mikey Nichols, like from NXT, <laughs> is gonna wrestle the greatest wrestler of a generation in the New Japan Cup. Like this seems like a buy for for Okada. Like yeah, the heck, um, yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. Yeah, I'm I'm going Nichols. Yeah, I mean, I I'll go Nichols as well. I suppose. <laughs> So then on March 10th on Saturday in the Haigo uh, Baycom Jane Museum, we have Hiroshi Tenzon versus uh, Risuke Taguchi, who is replacing David Finley. We have Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Shota Umino, Evil versus Zack Sabre Jr., and Kota Ibushi versus Tetsuya Naito. This might be the night that I'm most looking forward to out of yeah. all the first round nights. Yeah, this night I think is going to easily be the best night out of all four uh, first round nights. So where do you want to start? Uh, so let's start Tenzon and Taguchi. You know, I, I got to tell you, I feel really bad that Dave Finley is out of this tournament. I thought that this was a really awesome opportunity for him to kind of uh, hopefully get like a step up 
as far as like his placement in the company, sort of how we're talking about Hanare getting a hypothetical elevation. I sort of thought that's what was going to happen with Dave Finley here. Um, and if he had beaten Tenzon, it would have been maybe his like biggest and best um, singles win since he's you know since he joined New Japan. But um, you know we are getting Taguchi as the replacement here. So to to me, Tenzon and Taguchi has comedy match written all over it, which I think actually sounds like a fun matchup and something that might be highly entertaining. Yeah, um, and you know what? I, I'm going with Taguchi getting the win here. Um, you know, a lot of people might think it's not possible for you know Junior Taguchi to beat Tenzon, but we've seen Taguchi beat people out of nowhere, and especially if he's gonna turn it up and bring out big match to Gucci. I'm not sure if Tenzon can keep up with that. You know, that's absolutely right. Um, but at the same time, I think that New Japan does have that old adage that heavyweights generally beat the juniors. They, we have seen them skew away from that in recent times. But with it being to Gucci... Sure, he could beat Tenzan, and maybe they might even be moving him into a heavyweight role. We don't really know, but I gotta imagine, just taking a look at the field, I gotta imagine that, um, and we'll talk about it here in a second, but I think the winner of this is obviously facing Tanahashi. Mm-hmm. For that reason, I'm going Tenzan. And I think that that's the, not the popular pick. I think the popular pick is anyone against Tenzan's pretty much gonna win because they see him as a New Japan dad, and they're probably right. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that they're gonna give him a little hope run. Little, a little, little tiny hope run here in the beginning. Have him beat a junior, and then he goes up against the ace, the comp, you know, the ace. So we have a lot of questions about this one. Really? Um, so Reddit user Eater of Bread, he said, who would you realistically have replaced David Finley with in the New Japan Cup? My initial reaction and thought was, well, where is uh, the Tokyo Pimp? And he's out with an injury. And I forgot about that. Yeah. And then I was like, oh... And then I started looking at the field, and I was like, well, it seems like everybody's in this tournament. Yeah. Um, I mean, who's not in the tournament that could have potentially been in it? I mean, they could have pulled another young boy. I mean, they could have thrown in Ren Narita, um, Ayato Yoshida, um, um, Suji, Yumura. They could have thrown one of those guys in there. Yeah, you're right. They could have definitely done a... Uh, you know, a young lion. I'm kind of looking through the roster here just to see if there's anybody that's not in it. They could have put a Tamatonga. Yeah, that's one. That's one person. Um, hypothetically, I don't know if you want to pull the the trigger on this, but Shingo could have been in it. Yeah, and he's not. Um, Toriano's in it. Makabe's in it. Just looking through the uh, Chris Jericho. <laughs> they should have done Jericho Jer- uh, Jericho against Tenzon would be a really good first round match don't you think Yeah. Um, I mean they could they could have tried to maybe get a ring of honor guy yeah I'm just I'm just looking at the roster here and it's like they they literally like put everybody in there um, yeah I mean if you wanted to like throw someone from ring of honor in there I guess but I mean from their own roster, from their own guys, unless you're pulling a young line, there's not a lot of guys that they really could. There's not a lot of alternatives. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's pretty much a young lion or bring in somebody from... Ujiro's the one guy I was thinking, like, that they could have in there, and he's apparently injured, and that's why he's not in this. Um, and they do have a young lion in there, and, you know, that's great that they have a young lion in there, but, I mean, if they had, say, Ujiro there, I don't think we would have been seeing Shota Umino in this. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a big field. Um, I, I think the guy would have replaced him with it's probably like exactly like Taguchi, exactly what they did. Yeah, I actually think that that was a good pick. Yeah, I think it's a great pick. Um, question from Rambone Slam Pig. He says, "Do you think swapping Finley for Taguchi changed the outcome outcome of any booking decisions for the New Japan Cup?" Personally, I do. Other people don't. I know you're in that category, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking that. Taguchi, because I, I originally I had Finley going over Tenzan, and I'm sticking with Tenzan being out in the first round. I'm thinking Taguchi um, gets the win there. Yeah, and that's not a bad way to go. Um, you know, Tanahashi and Taguchi could definitely have a good match, and you know, people like Taguchi; he's popular, so that I wouldn't be surprised. I just have a feeling they're gonna push Tenzan here. That's just my gut feeling, and I don't think that that was the case. I think Finley was getting that win there. Yeah. Um, question from Zach Porter. He said that now that uh, Taguchi's in Finley's place, he's a lock to be the 69th IWGP champion. Right? <laughs> right? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, uh, Taguchi did cut a promo talking about um, wanting to be the 69th IWGP champion wow. and that he's been making steps forward. He He's made 68 steps and he was so close to making a 69th step. That was foreshadowing, bro. Yeah. He knew. He had the vision. You think he took out Finley? <laughs> Before the match, like, worked over his shoulder and then... Something. Yeah. Um, question from Reddit user Control-Alt-Wrist. Um, should the main event of Madison Square Garden uh, be finished by a Dodon, a Bomaye, or Omai, oh a Garankle? Or is the money in the longer chase that culminates at June 9th at Dominion for our 69th IWGP Heavyweight Champion. People are really rolling for this, right? Yeah. This is kind of crazy. <laughs> um, that's foolishness. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, okay. What would, what would be your reaction if the IWGP title match at MSG is Taguchi versus Jay White? Mm, we might need to cover AEW. <laughs> <laughs> Hey Floyd, uh, yeah, young boy, and I'll be uh, joining your show weekly. <laughs> Keeping it elite. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, Reddit user that was five stars. He says in a post-apocalyptic world where nothing goes as expected, the New Japan Cup finalists are Yoshihashi and Tenzon. Oh my God! After the most lackluster match. Who does the gentleman Joshua Smith have being defeated to earn the biggest? I told you that guy is a loser. Yoshihashi, of course. <laughs> I could roll for I. You know, as much as I've like talked about Tenzan and and Nakanishi being you know past their prime, which is the case, I've always loved Tenzan. Early, like if you want my opinion, I like Tenzan better than Kojima when it comes to their younger days and their glory days and all that. I think Tenzan's one of my favorite of those 
you know, of the four New Japan dads that we have right now. Um, I definitely like him better than Makabe. So could I, in a post-apocalyptic world where nothing went according to plan, be down for him getting a one last nostalgia run again for the IWGP title? Not really, but if it was between him and Yoshihashi, then absolutely. <laughs> Yoshihashi should never even challenge for the title. Ever. Like, never, never. He should never have a title shot. Ever in his life. Like, yeah. Ever. <laughs> ever. For yeah. any reason. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally fine without seeing a Yoshihashi uh, IWGP title match. So you pick Tenzon? Yeah, I mean, that question was specifically for you, but for, for me, I would go Tenzon also. Um, Although the truth is, like, the Yoshihashi match would probably be better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm literally sacrificing, like, quality over, like, quality. Yeah. <laughs> Two different kinds of qualities. <laughs> um, so, next up, uh, Tanahashi and Shota Umino. Oh, that, that's going to be awesome. This is going to be, be really awesome. Yes, yeah, it's going to be a great test for Umino. A great big um, high-profile singles match to give him before excursion. And similar to the Liger-Ishimori match, I think that we will see them um, kind of tease several near falls here with Umino getting some quick cradles on Tanahashi and really getting the crowd buying into, you know, Umino pulling a fast one on Tanahashi, but then ultimately, I think it'll be Sling Blade, High Fly Flow, one, two, three, go I, Ace. I just have this feel, this gut feeling it's going to be like a one, two, three kid versus Bret Hart sort of scenario. Mm. We're going to see like a gutsy underdog who just has an incredible like run, but ultimately gets put down by the superior, you know, champion uh, in Hiroshi Tanahashi. I think that this has the potential to be that one almost every like great young lion has that one classic you know um sort of trademark match that you can point back to from their ex- prior you know prior to their excursion days yeah where you you could see what they were going to be and i feel like this is going to be that match for amino this is going to be the big test before a potential excursion so very 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 excited for that i think with this, you know, Young Lion test, the Tenzan and uh, Taguchi kind of, qual- you know, comedy match. Plus, we talked about, um, well, we haven't even talked about the other matches yet. Yeah, th- this shaping up to be something really cool. Yeah, so, clearly, I'm going Tanahashi. I, do we have anybody that has picked Umino? Believe it or not, I did see a bracket oh, come in with Umino over Tanahashi. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Gutsy, gutsy pick there. That's that's ballsy. Yeah. That's ballsy. Uh, so next up, we have Evil and Zack Sabre Jr. renewing their ever-going rivalry. You know, Evil finally got his big win over Sabre. Uh, so Sabre's going to be looking to get some revenge here. Well, I got to say, I did not love their last match. They wrestled at uh, the New Beginning Tour, correct? Correct. And Evil picked up the win there, so I gotta tell you, I think that Zack Sabre's gonna avenge that loss. In the past, he's shown that he has, uh, for the most part, Evil's number, even though Evil pinned him clean in the singles match uh, last month. I think Zack is gonna get his comeuppance here. Also, being the defending New Japan Cup champion, um, New Japan, yeah, the, the New Japan Cup tournament champion, 
Um, I, he's, I think he's got to go on to the next round of the tournament. Um, I am hoping that this match is actually better than their previous match. I think they'll have a, I think in a more condensed version with a little less time and not trying to make it so epic, but something that's a little more fitting for the tournament. I think this match has the potential to be something really good, hopefully. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hopefully they, this delivers. Um, I'm also going with Zack Sabre Jr. Um, getting the win. I, I, I feel like Evil will come in this thing over confidence because he finally beat Sabre and LIJ beat Suzuki Goon to retain the titles. Uh, so I think he's going to be coming into this match, you know, super confident and thinking he's going to put Sabre away. And then I see Sabre pulling out um, one of his either pinning combinations or just tapping Evil out and uh, moving on to the next round. And then um, the next match we have Kota Ibushi taking on Tetsuya Naito, which is definitely probably going to be match of the night. It might even be the match of the first round of the entire tournament. Um, It's definitely the biggest clash between two big-name superstars in this tournament. Two, Two guys that were viewed as favorites for the tournament Someone who's a favorite, you know, one of the favorite guys with the tournament is definitely getting knocked out here in the first round. Yeah, this match is going to make or break um, people's brackets here. Because, mm. um, like you mentioned, two favorites, and I, I've seen a lot of brackets with Ibushi in the finals. Um, there's some brackets with Naito in the finals. So, yeah, these guys are two of the favorites, two guys that people want to see get IWGP title matches. Um, for me, I'm going with Kota Ibushi knocking out Naito in the first round uh, with the pinfall over Naito that gives Ibushi an IC, a claim for IC title match. Um, and so I think with both of those guys really having no clear direction for MSG, I think we can get Ibushi versus Naito for the IC title at um, G1 Supercard. You know, that's exactly what... I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm thinking the exact same thing. Um... I also think that if you look at the other side of the bracket, it's kind of interesting. So you have e, uh, Zack Sabre Jr., if he wins waiting in the wings, he's had multiple matches with Ibushi, multiple matches with Naito. Um, he, he has uh, major victories over both of them. In fact, he defeated both of those guys in this tournament just last year alone. So tons of history between those guys. Um, on the flip side, if Evil were to beat Zack Sabre, then him and Naito being stablemates, they have wrestled in the G1 before, but it's very rare that you would get a singles match between those types of guys. So that's another scenario that could hypothetically play out. The one scenario we've never, I don't think we've really seen too much of, and if we have, it's not, nothing notable, it, at least to my recollection, would be Ibushi and Evil. So some kind of interesting storylines are going to play out there, but I'm anticipating that we get another uh, Kota Ibushi, Zack Sabre match. Same um, here. For the same reasons that you mentioned, um, you know, Kota Ibushi and Tetsuya Naito, Naito, two of the best wrestlers in the entire world today. They were in the very first, um, not this past G1, but the G1 before that. They were, I believe, night two, night one. They were uh, the main event. Yeah. And um, that was the night that Naito did that uh, that pile driver off the middle rope. Oh, Ibushi. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That was a five-star match. And they had a near five-star match, four or three-quarters, something like that, during the G1 this past year. Uh, these guys just always, always deliver. So you're right. This is going to make or break some, uh, people's um, you know, brackets. With Naito being the IC champion and 
trying to forward a storyline where he's trying to pursue both the IWGP heavyweight champion as well as uh, retain the IC strap. That is one way they could hypothetically end up going. Mm -hmm. And we know that a match between him and um, Jay White is kind of a protected thing. But you got to wonder with Kota Ibushi basically signing a a two-year contract with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's two years, right? Yeah. Now's got to be the time that you kind of strike with him. They took the uh, never title off him. They've got him locked up to a contract. And you can go one of two ways. You can have him win this thing and, and go all the way with uh, Jay White. Or you could have him win this early match and, like you said, set up a potential um, title challenge against Naito. And he has a victory there. So, um, yeah, I think, that's a, I think that that's the smarter booking decision long term. As much as Naito fans would probably hate to hear that. So that's I think we're getting ZSJ Ibushi, you know, in the second round. Yeah, same here. And um, so is that all the cover all the matches on that night? Yep. Yep. So that brings us to the final night, which will be Monday, March 11th, at the Kagawa Takamatsu City General Gymnasium Number One. And you know, last year this this bracket of the block was weird last year and it is again this year very similar yeah um so we have toriano and Davy boy smith jr a rematch of the first round of last year yeah satoshi kojima versus minoru suzuki hiroki goto versus sonata and togi makabe versus boom boom colt cabana um so yano and Davy boy smith jr what you got i'm going yano yano picked up the the, the win last year um, I think he's going to remain a thorn in Davy Boy Smith Jr.'s uh, side, and he will pick up another uh, victory here. Although I will say, I wouldn't be mad if they decided to start pushing Davy Boy Smith. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy, you know, right now he's on the mission to get to 300 pounds. Um, Me too. <laughs> he he's looking great. He's looks great physically, and um, you know, he's not a he's not a bad hand in the ring. And me either. <laughs> He could be a, a good guy to push, but um, yeah, I'm also going with Toriano because um, you know traditionally uh, Dave Boy Smith Jr. has uh, always had troubles with Yano, and um, based off another match on this night, um, I think it makes sense for Yano to face the winner of another matchup. But uh, so yeah, I'm going Yano. Yano's your final pick? Yeah, I said that. Uh, I was waiting for you. I was looking at you. I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah, so yeah. I'm going with Yano. So, uh, Satoshi Kojima and Minoru Suzuki. Uh, This this is my pick for match of the night. Uh, It's the probably... Well, actually, no. It it still... It does have potential to be very good, though. Um, Kojima can still go. Suzuki, Suzuki... They've had legendary battles in the past that were that were very high caliber, very high level. Um, but I gotta go Minoru Suzuki. In fact, I think he's the favorite in this block for my in my opinion. Yeah, as much as it pains me to do this, I I do also have Minoru Suzuki going over Satoshi Kojima. I would love for Kojima to get a nostalgia nostalgia run here in the New Japan Cup, but I don't think this is gonna be it for him. I, I think it's a Suzuki. Uh, going forward here 
which brings us lastly to um, Sonata and Hiroki Goto. We didn't talk about Makabe and Cabana. Oh, yeah. Makabe. Yeah. Makabe and Kokabana. Weird. Weird, weird, weird. This is so weird. Um, uh, I'm, I'm going with Kokabana. Um, I'm going Makabe. I, I think it, it would be a first round upset. Nobody's ex- expecting Colt to win. And then you get this rematch of, of Colt and Toriano. For your comedy match. I think that makes sense. And there's a part of me that wants to be like, well, you could definitely go that way for Mm -hmm. sure and get the comedy match. But there's also the aspect of like, what if we get tag team partners, Makabe and Yano, uh, the most violent uh, players, you know, going one-on-one in a head-to-head matchup. That's kind of intriguing. That's very, yeah. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, you know, there's this part of me that like wants to book this in a way to where we just wind up with uh, Suzuki and Yano. That, that's what I have. That, that, <laughs> that's what I have on my bracket. Um, I don't know if we're gonna get that, but like, I have a hard time seeing Makabe lose to Colt Cabana. That's my only thing. It's not that it can't happen, but I have personally a hard time seeing them bring in. There, there's a part of me that's like, well, Chucky e. T kind of advanced and did well in the tournament last year, if I remember correctly. Um, and Colt Cabana is kind of in that same role, so it's it wouldn't be too surprising. But I'm like, it's Makabe, it's Japan, it's Colt Cabana. Um, I think they're going Makabe. I think we're getting Makabe and Yano in the in the second round. But do any of those matches really excite you on any level? I mean, well, Makabe Yano, Makabe Cabana, or even Davy Boy Smith against either of those guys. Not really. That's what I'm saying. Like it's this is kind of a weird one. Yeah, this this blocks kind of. Uh, and for that reason, I think a lot of people are like, "Well, you know, we, there's nothing that's gonna be blow away here, so you might as well just give us the comedy match." You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. And I get that, and they might be right, but I think the more intriguing storyline going down the road is Makabeyano. Put Makabeyano head to head. Yeah, it'd be, it would be interesting. And actually, Chucky e. T didn't. No, he lost to Sonata in the first round last year. So, mm. uh, yeah, I think Kokabana's taking a loss. It's his first like singles tour with New Japan Pro Wrestling. He's an older guy. He's a commentator in Ring of Honor. I don't think he's someone that really needs to be pushed. I see why you would give him the win just to set up the auto match, but mm-hmm. I think they're going Makabe. Makabe is not a guy who's going to drop a, a pinfall loss to Colt Cabana. Yeah, you, you know, Makabe's on that uh, Mil Mascaras. No yab. No yab. <laughs> um, so, uh, Sonata and Goto. That'll probably be match of the night. Yeah. You know, I, I misspoke earlier. That probably will be match of the night. Um, I guess I'm going to go... S- well, I, I bury Goto a lot, it feels like. But it seems like that's the role he's starting to fall into. Yeah, it does. I mean, he seems to be the one guy in chaos that's eating pinfalls. Oh, man, the thing is, is if you're looking at a potential Suzuki match, which I think we are... You got Sonata, who just beat him. Um, at the new beginning. No. Suzuki beat him in That's a singles right. match. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you also, and then Goto and him haven't really been in a singles match one-on-one since Wrestle Kingdom last year. Um, so a lot of history between these guys with Suzuki. I'm a little torn on this one. What do you think? So I have Sonata going over Goto here. That's what I was thinking. I just feel like there's... Um, just more stock in Sonata right now. And coming off of the IWGP tag title loss, I think they're going to want to 
heat Sonata back up and get him, get him a win. Yeah, I also think if you have Evil and Naito losing hypothetically, oh man, to have Sonata, all three of them get knocked out in the first round, that would be pretty bad. Yeah, you have a lot of angry LIJ fans. <laughs> yeah, I gotta go Sonata. I gotta go Sonata. I think Goto and Sonata's gonna be good. I think Goto's on the way down, Sonata's on the way up, so I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with you. And then you set up that, that Sonata Suzuki rematch. rematch. Yep. And you could have you could have Sonata get the win back over Suzuki or just have Suzuki beat him again. That's um, that's one way you definitely could go. I mean, yeah. I Sonata did make it to the uh semifinals last year and I wouldn't be yeah. surprised to see him do it again. So that wraps up the first four nights of the New Japan Cup. Uh, like we mentioned next week we'll you know we'll re- be reviewing all four of these nights and then giving you our predictions for are they are they all going to happen before next week? Yes. Wow, we're gonna have a busy week. Yeah, a lot. The anniversary five five shows. Yeah, the anniversary wow. show, and then all four of these shows. Yeah. Um. So before we jump into the news, we had some off-topic questions from last week, and we also got a couple new ones this week that I want to run through before we jump into the news. So first one comes from uh, Senior Sombrero 3K. He says, um, he says, I know it's very far off, but how do you think the two nights in the Tokyo Dome is going to work? As in, will Wrestle Kingdom be split into two nights, or I hope will it be like usual, but the dome used for an, an enhanced New Year's Dash? I don't think the roster is big enough to cover two nights of Wrestle Kingdom, considering the bill needed for the the event storyline wise. Huh. Interesting question. Um, splitting it two nights or will it be. I don't know. From everything that I've been hearing is that it's going to be two Wrestle Kingdom like worthy cards. Uh, it's not going to be a New Year's Dash event where you have a bunch of multi-man matches and I think his real question when people allude to that is are we going to get the fresh storylines to build to the rest of the year you know what I'm saying because mm-hmm. that's sort of the, the whole purpose of New Year's Dash yeah um, I think that you can kind of do something in the middle if you're a smart booker I think you can um, hypothetically get fresh stories and storylines going into the second you know coming out of the second night mm-hmm. um, and that that would be exciting and there's ways you could do that um, that being said though I've always thought and maybe I'm wrong here I just think that it is going to be two nights of Wrestle Kingdom yeah and I mean we're seeing the whole roster in New Japan Cup there's 32 guys on the on the roster they could easily do two nights worth of heavyweights big matches we're talking heavyweights yeah just the heavyweights just the heavyweights yeah they actually have a pretty i, I understand sometimes people think like oh well they've got a, a thin roster it's like well think about it last year they had to uh do a gauntlet just to get everybody on the you know on the show the year before that you know they had the rambo they have so many multi-man matches you know we're seeing all these you know uh multi-tag matches and things like that you do two two Wrestle Kingdom nights in a row, you actually can have 
enough space for everybody to get a big payday, get time to wrestle, big match, not have everything rushed like it was last year. Yeah, this past year, I mean, a lot of matches didn't go as long as they normally would. So I, I like the idea of being able to split the card up and give these guys some more time. I think the thing, though, is with Wrestle Kingdom, we've always felt in a lot of cases that everything is very definitive. You know, the match ends and that's it and we move on. And um, if they happen to work in promos, post-match, you know, uh, you know, what would you call them? Like, uh, you know, where, where people get attacked or something like that. What is that? What's that called? Angle. Yeah, <laughs> angle, my God. If they happen to work in angles and promos, I'm not saying for every match, but I'm saying in selective ways that enhance the shows, whether it's the first or second night, I think you can facilitate a lot of the functions that New Year's Dash uh, served by just doing the storylines you want to do on the on the shows themselves, especially maybe the second night. You still have, but then at the end of the night, you still wind up with, you know, a world title match or whatever, what have you, something that's big. Uh, well, the one thing we don't know, like we don't know if there is going to be a New Year's Dash or not. There might be a show after the two nights that is a New Year's Dash. That is still a possibility. That does the traditional role of what that show does. I hadn't really thought about that either, you know, because I do think that New Year's Dash is important for uh, kind of like the Raw after WrestleMania. I feel like it is important. Yeah. But if they if they for if they decided to forego that and just focus on doing some of those angles on the shows. I wouldn't be opposed to that. I think if it was if it's booked smartly, they could do it. But um, you're right; they could do a New Year's Dash the next night, hypothetically. Yeah, and this this kind of rolled into the next question from uh, Reddit user Jai Brian. He said, "Do you think New Japan has enough talent right now to fill two two dome shows?" So we pretty much answered that. I do. Yeah, I do. I know that not everyone agrees with that, but I think they do. And not only that, don't forget they can also pull in. You know, CMLL guys, Rev Pro guys, Ring of Honor guys. You could have, you could have a CMLL World Title match on the Kingdom Wrestle Kingdom card, Ring of Honor World Title match, Rev Pro Title match. I've thought about that. I always wonder, like, which title would they highlight? None of the titles matter. What uh, CMLL? Yeah, yeah. I guess whoever is the most over guys with a belt. I guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, Reddit user Tiny Sausage Factory. Um, he says, booking one year in advance, what do you think will be the top two matches for the next Wrestle Kingdom? Um, I don't know, man. That's a long time away. <laughs> uh, I mean, we've been saying this over and over again. I think the Okada-Naito match. I mean, at one point, I really felt strongly about that, but now I don't anymore. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's been a lot of stuff that's kind of questioned that. Um, but as of right now... I mean, Alpha Omega 3... <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I literally don't know. I'm sorry. Like I, I'm not good with these book out. You know, a year in advance sort of things. Yeah. Um. I mean, I don't know. I I, I think Okada and Naito makes sense to do again. It but, did until but Kota Ibushi happened. Kota Ibushi resigned. We have the emergence of Jay White. Will Osprey. Will Osprey. Uh, Six man hell in a cell. <laughs> I I really don't know. I'm I'm not. I'm sorry. I can't answer that one. I don't think. All right. Let's do this. What what top match would you want to see? Especially since we are attempting to go to Wrestle Kingdom next year. I want Kenny. 
We we could. I miss Kenny. We his contract allows him to come on over. I want Kenny and Jay White. I'm <laughs> 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 well, uh, just playing. I I really don't know. So there's no no match right now. You're thinking like, man, I really want to see that at the dome live. Mm-mm. Not really. I mean, I don't know. I just can't. It's too far away. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Ibushi either get his crowning moment and winning the title. I think that would be really cool. That would be cool. And I thought about that. Like, as a story, it makes sense. But who's he going to face? Uh, he, maybe he faces. Maybe he faces Okada. Well, then he's probably not going to the finals against Okada in this tournament. Yeah, maybe he faces Jay White. Maybe exactly. maybe Jay White somehow keeps the belt. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? We'll see. Um, question from our boy Muzza. He says, "Which New Japan tag teams would you like to see in the Crockett Cup?" Personally, he could see Kes Tenkozi and Rapungi 3K being possible teams. I love the Crockett Cup so much, um, man. What's a good tag team that you'd like to see head over there? Um, I think Evil and Sonata w- yep. would be a team they send over just with the popularity. That, that's exact, you know what? I was trying to remember who I thought should go over. Evil Sonata is exactly who I'd want yeah, to see. With the popularity of those guys in the United States, I think. I think Rapunga 3K is a great a great choice as well. Yeah. Um, honestly, I don't think they would send Tenkozy over. I think I think they could. They could, but I don't know. I don't think that would be on top of their list. Um, Killer Elite Squad or both of those guys kind of being based in the United States, that would make sense um, to use I don't, those. I don't know. Sometimes, though, I think of it this way. If this gets booked anything, <laughs> anything like the old school uh, Crockett Cups, usually the Japanese team comes in, wins the first round, and then loses in the second round. You're not going to send your top team. So, like... Would I love to see KES, or I'm sorry, uh, like um, LIJ go? Yeah, but then they got to win. They're probably not going. But Tenkozy makes a lot of sense because it's the NWA. This is not a big event. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It's the NWA. Tenkozy's the perfect team to send there. They're going to lose in the first round, maybe lose in the second round. And then spend a great day, you know, in uh, North Carolina or wherever this is. <laughs> Go sightseeing. Take get, a lot of pictures. Get some bread. Get some bread. Like, th- that makes a lot of sense to me. Like, I think that's the perfect team to send. And it's a Japanese team from New Japan Pro Wrestling, quote, unquote. Yeah. I mean, depending on uh, Finley's health, I could see Juice and Finley being in it since, uh, you know, Ring of Honor is also sending teams. So that could be yeah. Could either be considered a Ring of Honor or a New Japan team with uh, Finn Juice. Uh, next question comes from Reddit user Mr. ACP. ACP. He uh, wants to know what are our thoughts on the use ACP. The thoughts of. He wants to know what are our thoughts on the use of performance enhancing drugs in pro wrestling? Should they be allowed? Should they be tested for? Regulated? Not really pertinent to NJPW. Just curious on your take. I don't, I don't really have a take on um, PDs and wrestling, really. I mean, I do. So, I mean, I've thought, I mean, okay, being a big fan of um, 
combat sports specifically. Mm-hmm. I love boxing. I love, you know, submission wrestling, jiu-jitsu, judo, MMA, kickboxing, Muay Thai, all of it. Um, just like in any sport, performance-enhancing drugs and steroids are a big issue. Um, and in pro wrestling, they're a huge issue as well. Um, you know, you go back to the 92, you know, steroid Taylor trial, scandal, yeah. the scandal with WWE and all of that. Um, it is something that doesn't get tested for in Japan or really gets focused on, you know, extensively. Um, I don't know how many guys are really using in Japan. Not to say, I'm sure there's a lot. I'm not saying that people aren't using in Japan. But the emphasis has not always been on people's bodies the same way that it has been in the states not to say that that can't get you ahead it can but you know my i used to think of it this way i used to think like well they're not fighting Mm -hmm. so if they're not fighting what does it matter you know that used to be my take but then when you you think about it you look at all these guys eddie guerrero chris benoit yeah you know the health thing would be my biggest thing like that as far as like steroids i mean we've seen what steroids uh, can do to somebody and cause heart issues and all kind of health issues. Rick so. Rude, Mr. Perfect, yeah. Big Boss Man, all these guys. Um, it, it, it's a problem. It's a problem. Um, you know, the, the, the health issues, the long-term effects of steroids are pretty well documented. And, you know, they're not the only reason. I'm not going to sit here and say steroids are the only reason that there's a, a – you know, what would you call it? Like a, a low life expectancy for pro wrestlers? I mean, yeah. I think falling down for a living has a lot to do with that. I think sleep deprivation has a lot to do with that. I think extra uh, the extra drug use and the drinking and the late nights and the road travel and the never taking breaks, all of that, you know, adds to this sort of thing. So it's not just one thing. But steroids aren't good for you yeah. long term. I mean – just look at WWE since they've implement, implemented their drug policy. We have seen a lot less of their wrestlers die at a young age. Um, so clearly, preventing these guys from using steroids and other PEDs has prolonged their careers and their lives. Um, but but on the flip side of that, I have another kind of take. You know, I we don't get into politics here very often. I don't know what my political affiliation is. I guess I'm a conspiracy theorist, but I lean towards a libertarian view. And with that, I could see the logical response of someone being like, "Well, it's them hurting themselves. They might, you know, and that's all it is. So they can take it basically. You know, they're they're adults. They're big boys. Let them do what they're going to do. They it's their risk. It's their body." And there's a part of me that sees that and it's like, "Well, you know, that's the risk they take." Where I think it's an issue, and I think it's a big issue in the wrestling industry, is that many people's incomes, many people's pushes, many people's success in the world of wrestling is predicated on their look. And when you have people pushing to get that look through artificial means like uh, steroids, especially with the fact that it is detrimental to people's health, it causes an unhealthy and a dangerous environment in the wrestling industry. And I don't think that it should be... I don't think it's right or fair to condone or create an environment where people are basically um, encouraged, even if they're not verbally encouraged, but you know, if it's the culture to have to be on steroids in order to be able to 
make the kind of money and make the kind of living that they aspire to make in the pro wrestling world, that's the problem. You know, yeah. In 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 a, in a cosmetic business like pro wrestling, which it is, um, I think that's the danger of steroids, and I think that's the danger of people using it, and so that's why I think it shouldn't be allowed because, you know, does physique matter when it comes to pro wrestling and believability and presentation and the aura and all that? Absolutely. But I don't think that people should be killing themselves to be able to get that sort of thing. And I don't think it should be the sole focus or emphasis, especially when you look at guys who really are incredible wrestlers and it's not just about physique. You know what I mean? Right. And so that's where I think – that's my take on, on steroids. You know, if it, if it wasn't something where people were getting paid more money because they – we're using steroids and and all that. I'd be like, fine, whatever, do whatever you want to do. But you know, when you put that unnecessary like pressure and body image on guys to to have to to do that and then cut down on their life expectancy and all that, and then it, it's a vicious cycle. It just create it just creates it feeds into the problem more and more when when that's allowed. Yeah, and um, I, but I do think we have seen a shift in the business a little bit where. We are we are seeing smaller wrestlers get pushed and get spotlighted in multiple promotions across the world. Um, we're seeing promotions like WWE, you know, doing drug testing and preventing wrestlers from using PEDs and steroids. And so, sorta, uh, sorta. I mean, obviously, like part-time guys like Brock and Triple H are not tested. Yeah, but um, you know, these guys are all cycling. Like a lot of them are cycling. They're not getting tested the way like like the way Vada and USADA tests like pro mm-hmm. fighters, it, it's not the same thing at all. Like it's still a prevalent issue. People are still using steroids. And I mean, every couple of years a steroid scandal pops up and I mean, they don't get, no one gets tested in Japan at all anyways for this sort of stuff. So I, I do think it's sort of an issue still. Yeah. Uh, next question comes from uh, Muzza. He says, um, question more for the young boy, your thoughts on who's in the champions carnival. Um, yeah, so I'm looking at the Champions Carnival. Um, you know, in the A block, you got Yuma Ayogi, Shuji Ishikawa, Dylan James, Kengo Mashimo, Kento Miyahara, Yuji Okabayashi, Ryoji Sai, Gianni Valletta, Zeus. Um, there's a lot of names that I recognize from All Japan. There's a lot of names that I'm not familiar with at all. Um, B block, you got Sam Adonis, Joe Doring, Daiji uh, Hashimoto, Jake Lee, um, a lot of Gaijins on this side. No- Naoya Nomura, Joel Redman, Suwama, that's awesome. Takashi Yoshida, Yoshitatsu. Um, yeah, I mean, this Champions Carnival, um, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of All Japan Pro Wrestling. I like All Japan Pro Wrestling, but it's not like. When I say I'm not a fan, I don't mean I dislike it. It means that I don't follow it the way, obviously, that we follow New Japan Pro Wrestling. There's several names that I'm familiar with. I am surprised. We're, we're seeing a lot of uh, Gaijin on this B-block side. Sam Adonis and Jake Lee and Joe Doring. So that's interesting. Uh, Daichi Hashimoto. You know, that's that guy's kind of a freelancer. You know, son of Shinya Hashimoto. I've heard, I haven't watched a lot of his stuff, but I hear a lot of negative. People don't seem to love <laughs> hmm. Daichi Hashimoto. Um, Suwama's awesome, though. 
and then Yoshitatsu, who it does seem like they're kind of trying to build to something with him and Kento Miyahara. Um, on the A block side, you got Kento Miyahara, you know, uh, Yuji Okabayashi. I know him. Zeus, obviously. Um, Shuji Ishikawa is great. But I'll just tell you, like, listening to this lineup, it doesn't really compel me to want to watch this Champions Carnival like last year's. Uh, Last year's lineup was, like, an all-time, like, holy crap. I mean, even I'm looking at it right now. Kento Miyahara, Yuji Hino, Shuji Ishikawa, Joe Doring, Shingo Takagi, Ryoji Sai, Noyoya Yamura, uh, the bodyguard. Like, that's incre- That's an incredible A block. And then B block, Marafuji, Zeus, Suwama, Junakiyama, Yoshitatsu, Kai, Dylan James, uh, Yutaka Yoshi. I mean... There's at least five or six guys in, in each block in that tournament that are top stars, you know, in multiple companies. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm not as educated enough to say what I know about this, but it just – this honestly isn't that appealing of a tournament to me. But maybe someone who's a fan of All Japan Pro Wrestling might be able to say whether it is or not. But, yeah, it's not like – I don't see – I mean – I don't know. I guess Suwama and Kento Miyahara would be a pretty cool finale, uh, potentially. Maybe, you know, maybe they go with uh, Yoshitatsu. I don't know. <laughs> Yoshitatsu. <laughs> um, I hear he's good. I don't know. That's what I hear. Uh, and one more thing before we jump in the news. We need to officially name the um, February. February Wrestler of the Month and the February Match of the Month. Um, so for the February match of the month, we are going with Switchblade Jay White versus Hiroshi Tanahashi uh, for the new beginning, the title match. Um, we gave it four and a half. Big Day gave it four and a half. Uh, one of Jay White's best matchups. Um, Tanahashi has always put in a great performance. We got the crowning moment of Jay White winning his first IWGP title. And overall, it was a really great match. Tanahashi two matches of the month back-to-back. The match he had with Kenny Omega last month and then the match he had with uh, Jay White. You know, um, really, really, really good match. And then um, our wrestler of the month for the month of February is none other than the assassin, Will Ospreay. Yeah, man. Will has just been killing it. Um, You know, this past month, you know, he had uh, wins over Dalton Castle, Jeff Cobb. Um, who else? Davey Boy Smith. Yeah, Davey Boy Smith Jr. Yeah, I'm looking at his cage match here, and those are the three matches that he had in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. You you know, people would look at that and say, well, it's not necessarily that uh, impressive, but considering the fact that these are all guys that he's never beaten in New Japan before, and they're all heavyweights, and he beat them clean with his finish in most cases. yeah, I mean that's that. It really shows you something. It really tells you something. Plus, you know, he got great matches out. He got a great match out of a injured Dalton Cat, or you know, like a, a you know, a Dalton Castle who's not a hundred percent to what he was in the past. Um, and then both tag matches against Dalton Castle and Jeff Cobb, plus the one against KES, were you know, all three of those were almost match of the night in in all those matches. So not only is he getting big wins, but he's also putting on great performances night after night. The only guy that I could have thought of that might have had a, a, a good shot at winning this month, I don't know, maybe maybe Ishimori, maybe uh, Jay White for winning the IWGP Championship, but 
just looking at the progress, it, it had to be, in my opinion, it had to be Will Ospreay this month. Yeah, Will. Well, plus what he's doing outside of you know New Japan. This guy's a madman. He's still all over Europe. Yeah, he had the, that awesome match with uh, Pac at Rev Pro High Stakes. Yep. I mean, he's still wrestling in progress, still wrestling in world sport, Rev Pro. I mean, this guy's killing it. Yeah, so congratulations to the assassin, Will Ospreay, February Wrestler of the Month. Fight Club Pro, OTT. I mean, my God, this guy never stops. Uh, so now we're going to transition into the news. Uh, first thing, up, an update regarding the U.S. visas. Uh, New Japan posted a statement on their website, njpw1972.com. Um, that New Japan Pro Wrestling's Japanese wrestlers have obtained their visas for the United States. They they say we truly appreciate the understanding and support of our fans. So we don't have to worry about MSG. We will get our Japanese talent and they'll be ready for the G1 in Dallas. Uh, will Ospreay did a uh, written interview on NJPW1972.com. Talking about his upcoming match with Jay White, so you can check that out. Um, ticket sales, uh, the ticket sale date for the G1 Climax 29 opening day in Dallas, Texas um, came out. Um, let me just get that up real quick. So the ticket sales for that will be going on sale on Wednesday, March 13th um, at 12 p.m. Central Standard Time. Um, tickets will be available on Ticketmaster and the American Airlines Center box office. Um, and the prices range from $50 up to $300. That's pretty pricey for a, a opening ticket, especially to a show that they're trying, you know, desperately to sell out and be, you know, that's, that's a... A lot more than what they've charged for any show that they've done in the past in the U.S. Yeah. And speaking of this uh, U.S. show, um, the first night of the G1 Climax in Dallas will be airing live on Access TV. So the tournament begins on Saturday, July 6th. Um, and yeah, it'll be airing on Access. And Access will be broadcasting the 2019 tournament, which ends... Um, Monday, August 12th. Of course, the final three nights will be in Budokan Hall like it was last year. So for all you non-NJPW um, world users or uh, just people who like, I guess, watching the Access presentation better, um, first night of G1 Climax will be on Access. And it seems like Access will be doing a good job of keeping up the tournament this year um, week to week on the Access program. You know, it's funny, like, I feel like when we first started this show, like, we would talk about the Access shows all the time, and, like, we never talk about them anymore. Yeah, I mean, there's, um, there, we, they, they haven't done a lot of, uh, you know, Access shows recently. I mean, when was the last major one? Um, I feel like they've been, I mean, they aired all the, the big Wrestle, Wrestle Kingdom matches. I think they've aired all the, the big new, uh, New Beginning matches. I'm not sure where they're at right now. No, but I mean like an Axis exclusive oh, show. Oh, a live show. Um, it was that one where Cody beat Juice. Yeah. Yeah, so it's in, been in a LA, while. So it's yeah. been a while. Yeah. And plus, since they're not um, you know, having their own exclusive uh, commentary team any longer and everything's kind of transitioning over to New Japan World Team, 
Um, you know, I don't know. It just seems like some of the emphasis kind of gone there. But I think that this is definitely an exciting thing that's happening. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to it. Yeah, and then um, speaking of watching shows, Ring of Honor officially announced that the uh, Madison Square Garden show, the G1 Supercard of Honor, will uh, be a pay-per-view show airing on television as well as Fight TV and both New Japan World and Honor Club. Um, and so even though the basic Honor Club membership uh, gets you 50% off pay-per-view shows, they will be offering this show to basic Honor Club members for no additional charge. Um, so if you're not going to be in New York uh, for this show, there are several ways uh, for you to watch this thing live. Um, recently, executives from Bushi Road, along with Show and Yo, attended a stardom show in Cork and Hall on February 17th. Um, and so apparently there are reports going around about maybe New Japan being interested in a starting their own women's company. And we have a question here from Reddit user Jar of Peanuts. And what are our thoughts on the Meltzer report about New Japan being interested in starting a separate company for women's wrestling? Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, uh, DDT is already doing that. Um other companies in the past have have gone that route as well. We've we've talked ad nauseum about Joshi and the cultural you know significance behind it and why most of the you know men's wrestling companies don't have women in their companies. That's not to say that there isn't an appreciation for Joshi. I mean, you know, Japan probably is the one place where women's wrestling has been. Um, you know, venerated and upheld on a greater level than anywhere else. So it is always funny when people talk about New Japan not having women's wrestling. Um, with that being the case, one thing I wanted to point out, and I've actually got a clip of it right here, and I'll show it to Jeremy. In 2002, New Japan did an experiment where they were bringing in all Japan women's wrestlers for several shows. Mm. You've probably never seen this before. No, I haven't. Yeah, and I mean, I've, I've mentioned on the show before, so it's, you know, it's not like they've never had women's wrestling in um in New Japan before they they tried it in 2002 they brought in China in the past and had to wrestle you know Masahiro Chono and different people um, they even had you know intergender you know mixed tag team matches a few years ago so it's not like they're totally opposed to it and I think that with you know with the reports that they're always listening to what Western fans are saying and doing and everything like that they're probably hearing the people talk about like well why don't you have Joshi. You know, and then they're probably seeing the success of smaller companies. You know, it wouldn't be a bad idea for them to take a playbook out of Vince McMahon's playbook and uh, out of, you know, the Triple H playbook and be like, hey, there's these talented companies with all these great stars in the indies. Why don't we just make our own indie Joshi women's, you know, company and try to build off of it? Um, and I'm not opposed to that as long as it's something that doesn't destroy uh, Joshi wrestling in Japan, which, you know, from my opinion, I think that that actually would be pretty hard because there's so many companies that are, you know, successful out there and, and doing their thing. Plus, you know, it's not like New Japan doesn't have a precedent for allowing wrestlers to take outside dates and work as freelancers. I mean, there's plenty of people that already do that. Mm -hmm. 
So, I mean, I think it would be exciting for them to start their own Joshi promotion, and that would probably shut up a lot of the people that are trying to talk about the misogyny of New Japan. Yeah, I was, just, I was about to ask you, do you think a se- and New Japan starting its own separate women's promotion would actually shut people up? Yeah, I think it would. I really think it would. Well, actually, no, because I think that the, the hate from some of these fans who don't like New Japan, they'd find something else to hate them about. It would, but or they would find a new way to spin the narrative, be like, oh well, why are they on their, why are they on a minor league show? Why aren't they on the major show? Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Whatever. Um. But you know, I think it would be cool to have them maybe pump some money into an actual Joshi league that could hypothetically lead to something better. I don't know if it will, but at least they could try. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe they partner with like a stardom or maybe they partner with one of, you know, a Sendai girl or something or, you know, Ice Ribbon or Wave or whatever. Right. Um, I don't know. But that would be cool and it might be a good business idea for everybody involved long term. So, yeah, I think that would be really great. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be definitely an interesting play to make and would definitely, you know, just kind of help expand that the New Japan company and just um, it might be a great thing for the Joshi scene. They need to make Bull Nakano the the GM. <laughs> I know I know we're not for GMs in in Japan, but I love Bull Nakano. Like I love Bull Nakano. <laughs> You'd risk it all for Bull. Yeah, I'd risk it all. <laughs> <laughs> um, in other news, the New Beginning and USA shows are now up on NJPW World. Have you watched them? I have not watched them yet. Have you? Me either. Yeah, nope. gotta check those out eventually. Um, Yujiro Takahashi, like we mentioned earlier, is out of action for the next month due to an injury. Uh, Carl Fredericks, a young lion from the LA Dojo, um, had his foot in a walking boot this past week due to some sort of severe sprain. Um, and so that wraps up all of the news this week. Uh, like we mentioned, next week we'll be back uh, with reviews of the first uh, four nights of the New Japan Cup. And we'll be also be previewing the remaining nights. We'll also be reviewing the uh, anniversary event. We'll talk about all the stuff that went down on that show. Make sure you check out our Pro Wrestling Tea store, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Social Suplex. Support us. Grab yourself a Keeping It Strong Style t-shirt. And don't forget to spread the word about Suplex Mania. Suplex Mania. Coming to the Big Apple on April 7th. And make sure you connect with us on social media. On Twitter, I am at Jeremy L. Donovan. The show is at KI Strong Style. You can also follow us at Social Suplex. On Facebook, we are Facebook.com slash Social Suplex. We're also in the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group, Facebook.com slash group slash Wrestling Squared Circle. On Reddit, I am the Pro Black Guy. Josh is keeping a strong style. You can email me, Jeremy at Social Suplex.com. Especially if you want to get your bracket updated with the whole David Finley Gucci uh, switch out. Make sure you check out all the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. On Sundays, we have One Nation Radio, hosted by Rich Ladder and James Boyd. Monday, we have the Omega Loop Podcast. Wednesdays, we have the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, which Young Boy and I will be on this week's episode of Ricky and Clive, taking part of their big uh, quiz tournament 
gimmick that they're going to be doing. It's fucking quiz time with Ricky and Clive and friends. Well, I don't think it's going to be a WWE quiz, but. Josh and Jeremy Dillon <laughs> keeping their strong style quiz. Da, da, da. Yeah, Bull Boob, they put, you know, two heavy hitters in the first round. Yeah, this is the equivalent of them putting Naito and uh, Abushi in the, the first yeah, round this, against one another. This tournament was not seated appropriately. Uh, um, I think it was seated very appropriately. I'm ready to take you out first <laughs> round. Shot block you. I'm going to give you a uh, spinning toe hold. Turn that into the figure four. Fall back, <laughs> grab the ropes, have my beautiful valet grab my hand, you know, pass out right in the middle of the ring. All right, well, we'll see about that. Stay tuned, Ricky and Clive, to see who gets the win. Will it be the young boy or will it be me? Place your bets. Uh, also, on Wednesdays, we have Grown Men Watch This Shit, hosted by Jeremy Tate and Chris Bryan. Uh, this Friday will be the actual debut of NXT, then, now, and forever, hosted by James Boyd. And Saturday, we have All Things Elite, hosted by uh, Floyd Johnson Jr. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating, and review. And we will catch you next week on Keeping a Strong Style, the ace of podcasts. Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next time. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.